0: What's up everybody and welcome to Gaming History 101, the Retro Video Games Podcast. I am one of your hosts. My name is Fred Rojas and joining me yet again is the wonderful and talented Jam. How are you doing tonight, man? I'm alright, Fred. Thanks for having me on again. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, I had to have you on because I had, I had, I finished up the show last week, realized because John was trying to usher us off, uh, and in his defense, <laughs> we were really uh, digging into his time. Um, and uh and i was like oh i forgot to mention what the what the show's going to be about and then i said you know what screw it why don't we do it about taito uh arcade games and you were like taito games <laughs> that was uh that was about all she wrote on that one we we knew it was uh, it was a go after that so um so yeah that's that's uh that's what tonight's uh, topic is um but we're going to be talking about a couple of things first but uh real quick uh so how's your week been man yeah, yeah,
1: my week's been good, man. I, I actually got a year older this week. So. Oh, yes, that's right! Happy
0: birthday! I'm sorry, I forgot. Uh, I forgot to congratulate oh, you on the actual day. Uh, Skype oh, of all things that. warned me, um, but uh, I missed it. So, but how was that? How'd that go? No, good. I've got a interesting
1: story if you want to hear it. Um, oh, where, we ears. went. Um, yeah, absolutely. Me and my lady friend went to a like one of those kind of posh hotels in the area. It's kind of like a five star thing as a treat. Nice. And um, we went to have drink. We got the drinks from the where well, you you'll get the drinks in a bar. And it's always ridiculously expensive. At least in the UK, you're talking like five, 14 pound for some drinks there, which is quite a lot. Yeah, it's yeah. crazy. And I said to her as a joke, cause we're, it's one of those hotels where you charge to your room and you say, you know, used <laughs> to say, "Oh, put it on room 15. I said, wouldn't it be funny if we just charged like these drinks to like a different room. We just choose a room at random or something like that. And she goes, you can't do that cause they're going to check your ID and stuff like that. So obviously I let it go. What, what would we know the next day when we got up in the morning and we go down, um, after obviously our own, you know, parking session, somebody charged drinks to our room. Really? <laughs> so, somebody, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so, it's, I, was, I, was, I was like well we we didn't actually notice it until we got back to our home then we went straight back to the hotel to demand a refund because we're like wait a second we didn't charge 24 pounds of drinks to our room well it, was, it had a different signature on it something. so so somebody had the same idea i had except they actually followed through with it which i thought was just hilarious
0: well, yeah i know somebody overheard <laughs> your conversation was like you yeah. know
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly yeah
0: uh that's that's crazy um so but, that was the highlight of
1: my birthday, but, not, which sounds kind of sad. Yeah, but. shit. Did they, did they at least
0: order something good? Like, they, they
1: ordered, yeah, they ordered um, champagne actually, which I was speaking. I didn't even have champagne for my birthday. Damn. So. Yeah. <laughs> that's, uh, oh, no,
0: that's I guess hilarious. go big or go home if you're going to steal, you know,
1: <laughs> absolutely. So
0: next time we go there, I'm going to, I'm going to steal their ideas. There you go. <laughs> um, well, excellent. Well, aside from getting overcharged, uh, you know, um, and I'm glad they got that taken care of, right? You got that all taken care of? Yeah, yeah, we got the refund. They're <laughs> actually really
1: good about it. So I was, I was kind of expecting to go over there and they'll be really weird about it and go, oh, well, you know. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, but, yeah. <laughs> they, they they straight away, were just, they didn't even question it. They just said, yeah, have a refund. I'm thinking, well, what else can I get away with now? <laughs> but, yeah, I no,
0: Like, wait a minute, we didn't actually stay here. Uh, I know, yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> well cool um uh, what else was i gonna say uh anything else uh um any cool finds or anything like that uh from uh from the from the birthday week oh
1: well not really good finds um i mean i got i got a few graphic novels um from uh, from my from my, my girlfriend's parents so i oh, found, cool. found out from, quite uh, yeah which is pretty good um what did i get i got the um Volume, volume, I haven't got it near me. I would rather grab it. I don't know what it's called, so everyone's going to butcher me. People are familiar with it. You know, the Mass Effect series, the um, the third volume of the graphic novel oh, that series. Oh, yes,
0: yes, 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 yes. Actually, I think that's a dark horse joint. Yeah, yeah, it's a dark horse uh, yes. series,
1: uh, which
0: I've, I haven't read it yet. So <laughs> but it's I can't it's tell you about the story, but I've always dug the art that they do in those. Yeah. Um, i'm on a press list for dark horse so occasionally they show me previews of some trades and you don't get the whole thing or anything but you get some some sample art and stuff like that and i always those always catch my eye um you know they only give me stuff that's relevant which is video game related stuff but <laughs>
1: yeah absolutely and on that note of dark horse the other thing i got was the uh was is it the hyrule historia the zelda oh, thing oh yes very it's beautiful pretty I was quite sceptical about getting now because I've pretty much heard everything about it I thought oh there's no need for me to have that I've heard all the yeah the, the <laughs> timeline and stuff like that but yeah, like you said the artwork alone is worth it because I'm yeah. really massive into like concept art stuff I love it and <laughs> just uh, flipping through books I also have the um, before well uh, these are from different sort of birthdays and stuff or just me mm-hmm. purchasing myself I also have the the Mass Effect one and the Halo one which are like the, you know, the all the concept art stuff yeah which uh, are so really good yeah I really enjoy those actually Um Believe it or not,
0: one of the weirdest trades I purchased recently was um, also a Dark Horse joint, um, and of course I got a preview version, and I was like, I want that, uh, was the uh, Art of Remember Me. Um, I oh, really? really? Yeah. I really quite dug that, yeah. So. No,
1: I, I totally dig that sort of stuff, yeah, because I was, I was thinking of getting the, the Last of Us um, version of that.
0: Oh, I uh, bet the, that's
1: uh, awesome. Yeah, I I saw it. We 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 entered a raffle when we went to a convention um, a while not too long ago. We were like one number off winning, and I was just like,
0: "Oh, that's worse than (laughs) yeah, that's worse than any other loser." Like, you were so close.
1: I guess worse, the person that won it was this little kid, and you're oh. thinking, you always want to say, slip the kid, like, 15 quid, or something, yeah. just say, do you want to just give me that, I'll give you, and, it, and the, the, his expression on his face, he looks so pissed off, he won it, so, <laughs> I think what he wanted something else, like, this? yeah, yeah, oh, I don't know, but yeah, oh, probably his there. parents <laughs>
0: wouldn't let him, like, play the game, so he can't even enjoy, like, <laughs> properly, he doesn't even know what it's about. So.
1: Well, I don't, I don't know what it is over there, but a lot of the kids, at least kids that I've met in this country, all they care about is either Call of Duty or FIFA. Well, yeah, the football game, FIFA. That's about it, really. So anything remotely different is just like, nah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I just like Call of Duty and, uh, um, and, uh, I'd say the other big one is probably either Skylanders or, uh, Infinity. Those are, those are pretty big around here, I think. So, but, uh, <clears throat>
1: at least in my area i don't think skylanders is that big really it's just surprising <laughs> so. i
0: didn't think so but uh but apparently it sells quite well uh from yeah. what i can tell um but uh yeah i i seem to whenever i'm uh, i'm over at uh at the game stop or the game shop that i i've chosen to visit uh that's uh that's usually when i notice uh stuff like that but um but yes, um also just for people who are interested those art of uh books, one thing I do like about them is as opposed to traditional trades, they have a hard cover to them. It's nothing crazy, but it's got some base to it. Uh actually Jim, if you've ever you know, you've got the High Rule Historia, that's really kind of how they those art books have kind of the same sort of cover. So it's it's bolder than a normal cover, but uh it, I wouldn't say it's like classic textbook style. Um Oh, no, no, no. But uh but yeah they're they're pretty nice um and they they sell for about 30 bucks. Um so so it's a good decent price. Yeah, yeah it's not bad. Yeah, that's uh that's half of a copy of Retro Gamer magazine uh or no. <laughs> the two that's two copies of Retro Gamer magazine at our local uh news store. So ouch. Yeah, 15 bucks a piece. Those Ooh. import costs are brutal. Um yeah.
1: 15 like 5 quid here. Well, say it's a point sale on your magazine anyways.
0: I'd easily drop a fiver on that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, uh, you don't even want to know their subscription rates. Like, they'll do it. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, so. Uh, well, very cool. Um, uh, anything else go on that you want to bring up before I go into a, a quick story? Uh, that's all I can think of at the moment. I think I have okay. something else. But, no, no, you go. You go. <laughs> right, if it comes to you, just let me know. Um, for yeah. me, for the most part. Just a lot of snow. Um, stayed home from work today because uh, uh, I got stuck out in the snow last year when I tried to brave it, uh, and I wasn't messing with that today. Um, but uh, <clears throat> local retro shop by here, I, I went over to check them out. They were recently opened. And of all things, the one thing they have are a bunch of uh, unused um, – or well, sorry, used, but but unsold and not even for sale as far as I could tell, Atari Lynxes. So, um, wow. yeah, the shop owner – uh, made me a deal where he took a bunch of. Uh, uh, I've been trying to consolidate stuff, and I know this is like sacrilege to a lot of retro gamers, but I've gotten rid of a lot of boxes, like an original Sega CD box, an original Sega Genesis box, you know, PlayStation Two box, things like that. Like the boxes the consoles actually come in. Got to clear that room, though. That yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and uh, and he said, you know what? If you give me all these, and there was a decent amount of them, he gave me a links with a a charge cable, like a plug in the wall cable. And it, he gave me a choice, links one or two. I wanted the first one, the big hammer fisted yeah. one, uh, the big old bone. And I grabbed that. And then he included with it uh, California games, because of course you got to get California games. Um, <laughs> Blue Lightning, Rampage, Ninja Gaiden. And, mm, I gotta go look. Something else. Maybe Gauntlet? Uh Maybe Gauntlet. Oh, that's good. Yeah. And he's got more games, but, uh, the the Lynx is a tough one because no one really wants it. You know, so to speak. Like, the Lynx has some mild desire, but nothing crazy. And it's worth a lot because there just aren't many out there. So you've got that dichotomy of, like, somebody's like, ooh, like me, like, ooh, I really want a Lynx. Oh, okay. Well, it's 40 bucks. It's 20 bucks for the charge cable. And then each game is about 15 to 20 bucks. And you're like, never mind. I really don't want to links anymore, you know. And <laughs> yeah. so, uh, so who knows? He might be able to, uh, to help that out. Oh, and it looks like none other than, um, all games, uh, staple, uh, Tiger Claw is celebrating his birthday on if you're downloading it today, <laughs> which will be Wednesday, uh, but, uh, Wednesday, uh, February the 5th. So congrats, congrats, sir. Um, but, uh, but anyway, um, so yeah, so I got my hands on some Link stuff. And other than that, uh, that's about it. Uh, been playing a lot of Taito games. <laughs> oh, and actually, Taito. And, yeah, t- yeah, there was a lot of talks <laughs> as to whether or not it's Taito or Taito. It's, it's Tater games. Uh, uh, but, uh, I need to talk to John because I got a, uh, a PCB board that's a hundred, or three hundred and ten and one, uh, arcade stuff. I don't know if you saw me, me talk about this, but I got it and, and I hooked it up to my JAMA and it needs to be wired for a six button and I guess the ground wires are moved around on a three button setup. And so it does not let me use the, the joystick interface until I rewire it. So I'm gonna have to do a little side project on my, my cabinet before I can use it. So in the meantime, my, my cabinet is a true blue pit fighter cab for right now <laughs> which is not great uh but uh but hey um, so well i guess without further ado we'll jump into a little bit of news and then uh we'll get on to uh taito games so um, first news is uh Redux, uh, a a Dreamcast game that was kickstarted in 2012, has finally released. Um, I believe it had a limited print run. It was roughly 50 bucks, I think, for the game on Dreamcast. And I'm guessing ISOs will be out there for you to download and burn it. Um, but I haven't really done that much looking into it. And as we were joking about, of course, it's a shmup. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> But uh, it has been reviewed out there, so you know if you guys want to check it out, go take a look into it. I still think that development of people like to call it homebrew, but I wouldn't call it homebrew. I'd say development of actual games, um, yeah, yeah, Especially on it, dead consoles is amazing.
1: Wasn't this it a, it was a Kickstarter? Wasn't it back in um, yeah? It, it yeah,
0: they needed fifty grand and they got like fifty three grand, so <laughs> just, just skimming it. <laughs> you know, just jumping over the line. Hey, you know, but it passed, so um there you go. And apparently it's quite a good game that, uh, that does some new stuff. Um, you know, uh, we'll be talking about this, uh, and I'll mention the game club list. Actually, I'll just mention it now because I always try to do it at the end of the hour and it doesn't work very well. Um. But on the Shmup Game Club, uh, there is a, there's a game on there called Power Up, uh, which is a XNA or an indie game on the Xbox Live Marketplace. And it's a, it's a very cool game. And, uh, SciSoft, the uh, developer, does some really cool stuff with it. And I guess he's working on right now, I've been, fo- I follow him obviously, he's been working on a port, uh, for iOS and uh, I think Android devices, but I know an iOS port. So if you guys are interested in checking that out, it's a buck. And, uh, of course, I have a review on on Gaming History 101. But, uh, but yes, so the official five games are as follows. We are going to be doing... Uh, Power-Up by SciSoft on the Xbox 360. We will be doing Radiant Silver Gun by Treasure available on the Saturn for a really high price. Or you can obviously yeah. maim it. It's, it is in cabinet form as well if you want to pay ridiculous prices. <laughs> and most people will drop the 10 bucks and play it on Xbox 360. Um, yeah, that's all i <laughs> You know what? I'm actually going to, for the video, and I'll talk about the video in a sec, I'm going to play the uh, Saturn version. Um, oh, and really? before people think I've got this really rare version, I do not in the case of Radiant silver gun in the case of radiant silver gun um i will uh, i have a modded saturn so i'll just burn it but i do own the uh the 360 version so i get to lie to myself and say it's kind of legal um (laughs) but uh so number yeah number two is radiant silver gun number three is going to be cinemora that is available currently on xbox 360 steam or pc um psn available on the ps3 or the vita so you can uh you can pick that up. It's a very cool game by Grasshopper Manufacturer, Suda51's group. Um, and uh, and we'll be playing that one. The fourth game in the list is. Of course, I'm going to blank on it. Is oh! It Velocity. Yes, uh, Velocity, Velocity Ultra. Ultra. Um, but it doesn't matter which version. I'm going to play both versions just to yeah. get acquainted with them. Velocity originally released as a mini on PS3 and PSP, which is the version I'm going to have to capture gameplay from because I don't currently want to use my next-gen systems to capture gameplay, but I might make an exception for power-up, but I don't want to go crazy with it. Um, but it's on, yeah, that was the original version and it's, it's kind of a interesting multi-directional shmup of sorts and uh, velocity ultra recently came out which is not unfortunately crossed by but it's been on sale a bit um you could pick it up for like 2 bucks on the 14 and 14 which i know unfortunately you guys didn't get in the UK um but it's a gorgeous um, port on the vita um it was
1: it was on ps plus in the uk at some point yeah okay well then so you places. guys
0: okay well there you go so <laughs> and then last but not least uh, jason um who is actually responsible for uh He's actually responsible for our um, logo, for the wonderful logo we've got. Uh, a lot of you will probably know him better as, uh, hold on, let me look him up on, on Twitter um, so as not to hack it, Alberhiza, A-L-B-I-R-H-I-Z-A. A-L-B-I-R-H-I-Z-A. Um, he's going to be coming on to the game club, and uh, his choice, he got to pick one, is going to be none other than the Dreamcast slash arcade classic, uh, where did it go? Oh damn it, he probably gave it to me in the tweet. <laughs> this is great radio. Um, here we go. Hey, GigaWing 2 on the Dreamcast. Bye. Uh, GigaWing 2 is very easily, easy to find, it's not too expensive, and uh, it is on MAME as well. So, uh, there are a couple ways you can play that game. And uh, he came up with the format for it. So just so people know, so if you want to get to planning, uh, shmups are the type of games you play over and over and over again. So um, what you're going to want to do is uh, we're going to do uh, initial impressions, first no-continue play, and then score progress difficulty and full playthrough, and then a no-continue high score challenge. I will post oh, those sweet. up. Yeah, I will post those up at the end of the game club for Buffy at the end of this month. Um, but, uh, but yeah, we're going to be covering a lot of fun stuff and, uh, you're going to want to definitely put in some, uh, some hardcore, uh, extra time on these games, uh, and, and play them, but you can pick them up now. I've already started downloading them on my, uh, the ones that are appropriate, uh, that are applicable on my Vita and PSP so I can start practicing up, um, before I go big screen with it. He also wanted to do Life Force, which is a great game. Uh, the arcade version, All right. also known as Salamander. Um, and I didn't want to do that cause I've actually done a life force game club. It's out there. Yeah, yeah. I don't think it's fantastic, but it was something. Um, and so as a result, I might give him some time to, uh, just, we'll just bounce back and forth about it. But anyway, um, but, uh, and it looks like Radiant Silver Gun may be coming to Steam. I know that Treasure was working on porting a lot of that stuff to Steam, so that might be cool. Maybe they'll get it out, uh, by March so that it can be part of the Game Club. But if you guys are getting ready to download your games and things like that, uh, definitely check it out. Uh, great games, and, uh, if, if nothing else, I know most of you have 360s out there, uh, grab Power Up for 99 cents, support that developer. I would love to see what he can do, uh, coming up on, on other uh, in other areas. Um, and then last but not least, this show's going to now be on YouTube as well. Starting tomorrow, uh, it'll probably go live late tonight. Um, sure. I will port these over to YouTube, and just for you guys, I'm going to have gameplay footage throughout the entire thing. So, today I've played a bunch of, uh, games from the Taito Legends coll- collection. Uh, Legends 1 on Xbox, Legends 2 on PS2, and I use my Street Fighter joystick um uh 15th anniversary big old cabinet joystick while playing it so I had that authentic arcade experience and um during this little area um we open up with Paperboy so that's what that's going to be uh Paperboy 2 is actually what I play on the on the SNES so I've got about uh probably like 12 minutes of that so this is going to go a little long for that but anyway um so without further ado I think we should jump into Uh, Taito, I believe Taito is how you pronounce it, uh, the point (laughs) of contention, we will talk about Taito (laughs) Taito games, so, (laughs) anyway, um, so jumping right into it, uh, just gonna talk a little bit about the history of Taito, so, um, Jam, I know we talk about this from time to time, but, uh, were you acquainted with them from a long time ago, did you know them really, uh, because they were kind of... A developer slash publisher, but was that top of mind when you started playing games? I mean, they were pretty pronounced even in the Super Nintendo days.
1: Um, oh yeah, I I knew I them from well. The first system I ever played on was an Amstrad computer. Oh well, then yes, the yeah. so that was that's where I first got acquainted with. In fact, I think the first game, which I'll get to a bit later, the first game I played was a Taito game or Taito oh, well, game. Oh, there you go. <laughs> I'm gonna be doing this a lot today.
0: <laughs> oh no, it's fine. Yeah, and then the pronunciation <laughs> will go either way. I'm not gonna stop you. Uh, one of my first games was as well. So. Oh.
1: Mm. And I did get a chance to play some um, arcade, actual arcade cabinets uh, when I was younger as well in the arcade in the arcades in the UK. Um, but there's only not uh, probably there's only a well there's a small amount over here mm-hmm. that I know of that were here. But, but yeah, there's there's a fair few.
0: And a lot of these games I did play. Um... In arcades. In fact, my first arcade game was a ti- was a Taito uh, arcade cabinet. I played at a video store, uh, which we'll we'll talk about in a minute. Yeah. Um, and chatters and everyone in there. Of course, you can jump in here too and, and talk about your stuff. But real quick, just so you guys know how Taito got its start and what they are. Uh, they're a little different than most companies because um, the the company was founded in 1953 by a Russian Jewish businessman by the name of Michael Kogan. He started the Taito Trading Company, uh, started out importing and distributing uh, vending machines, which is not too uncommon with most arcade um, distributors and creators of the 80s, uh, or 70s and 80s, rather. Uh, later, they began leasing jukeboxes and eventually began to manufacture their own. And then they started doing the Carnival Fair electromechanical arcade games in the 1960s. Um Obviously, they are best known, and we'll talk about this game in in much more uh, expansion in a second here, but uh, their first arcade cabinet game was in uh, 1973, um, and they changed to the Taito Corporation. But what they're best known for is in 1978, Toshiro Nishikado, designer at Taito, Crafted space invaders uh, easily one of the most uh, popular titles of the arcade generation and of course uh, many people attribute it to being the uh, beginning of the Golden age of arcade games in Japan and there is that lovely rumor that uh, it caused a, uh, a shortage of um, <laughs> a shortage of 100 yen coins uh, at the time in 1978 they were charging roughly a dollar. Um, the yen wasn't quite as powerful as it is today, but uh, roughly a dollar per play of Space Invaders. So um, very interesting. Um, had a weird cabinet. I don't know. Have you ever seen a Space Invaders cab? Um, no, well,
1: not a dedicated cab. Probably just one of gotcha. been, Yeah, <laughs> converted. <laughs>
0: yeah, absolutely converted. Right. Uh, well, the original one looked very interesting because it, it kind of had that '50s B uh, sci-fi film. To it, uh, the bezel was, uh, most of the real estate of the bezel was taken up by artwork of, uh, you know, crazy crustacean creatures and whatnot and aliens from beyond. Um, it did not have any joystick. It just had a left and right button and then obviously the fire button and then the start buttons. Um, and, uh, and it did have a weird like, uh, I think it had like, uh, something on the, on the screen that kind of looked like, uh, outer space. You know, because they couldn't really generate those graphics uh, in the game, so and 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 it did start, I believe, in just black and green, but it eventually went multicolored. I don't know. There were a lot of iterations to the arcade version uh, of this game, but obviously, it's one of the largest grossing games of all time. Uh, Two billion dollars, approximately, by 1982, which is Nuts. roughly five billion today. So. Decent chunk of change, and that kind of <laughs> made sure Taito was on the map for a good long time. Um, but uh, and 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 when they hit, I mean, they really hit the ground running. You know what I mean? Um, they uh, uh, they started uh, they they made a deal with Midway and started getting distribution in the United States around 1979, and uh, and um, then went out on their own right around 1980 uh in in the United States and kind of developed a bunch of arcade cabinets that would they they'd continue to crank out through most of the eighties. Um they did go into the nineties with some some more interesting games. Um and uh and they were always kind of forward thinking with a lot of what came out as we'll talk about. Yeah. Um but in the end uh they found the software on consoles to be much more attractive. And then, of course, in 1992, uh, they were going to release a console, if you guys didn't know this, a CD-ROM console called the Wow Wow Wow, uh, <laughs> W-O-W-O-W, uh, W-O-W-O-W um, that was basically going to be a Taito version of the Neo Geo, which, for those of you who have played the Taito Arcade, or what it, what is it called, the Taito... Uh, Taito Legends. Legends collection. Uh, kind of appropriately named too. There are a lot of games in there that are great that I didn't know existed. Um.
1: Oh yeah, oh yeah,
0: so. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, is, uh, it, it would have, it would have probably worked out pretty well. Uh, they were going for a direct competition with the Neo Geo. Obviously, Neo Geo CD didn't go too well. Um, and then they even contemplated doing a download only service. Um, but the whole thing went defunct. Then they kind of like, Hung out for a while, writing um, the coattails of Kyocera or Kyocera, depending on how you look at it, the cell phone and communications company. And then eventually, on August twenty seventh, twenty uh, second, two thousand and five, um, Square Enix became a massive shareholder, uh, spending forty five point one six billion yen. It's roughly four hundred ten million um, to make Taito part of the Square Enix uh, veil, and that's kind of where they continue. Um, uh Square Enix officially announced then in July 28th, 2008 uh that they liquidated two subsidiaries of Taito, Taito Art Corporation and Taito Tech Limited on the grounds they have fulfilled their business purpose. Um, <laughs> but I do believe Taito's alive still today, aren't they? Like just doing video game ports and stuff. I can't I can't remember well, if they did anything new. Yeah, they have.
1: They, they've, the, the live one well, that I could be wrong, that, well, I know that they, they did do a lot of, they didn't, I don't know if they developed them, there's a lot of DS ports of a lot of the older yes. games, like, you know, Bubble yes. Bobble and, then and, they've, and
0: yeah. And then they've, of course, gone into the mobile space, and that's where yeah. they'll probably continue. Um, which makes sense, right? Because, uh, you know, I, I know this isn't a unique thought, but, you know, mobile games really are the arcade games, especially free-to-plays, really are the arcade games of today. So, hmm. um. I, I love seeing gamers who are like, God damn, free to play. Why are the kids so into them? And I was like, it's exactly what your dad said when you sat there pumping quarters into a pole position, dude. <laughs> but um, yes, so um, anything you wanted to add about Taito uh, as a company itself?
1: Well, uh, I think, I think you pretty much covered it there. I think the only thing I was going to probably mention is um, I think that, I don't know if I'm right here, but I think they were the first company to produce like the crane machine that... Drew prizes in the 60s. I know you touched on that in the carnival section.
0: Yeah, yeah, and I, I did though. speed through it uh, a little fast, but yes, um, uh, honestly, there were a couple of people who were trying to do different things, and I, I called them carnival games uh, because you think of places like that have boardwalks, you know, uh, you almost think of um, I don't know, like beach towns, Cape Cod, things like that, where you'd walk by and somebody would unshutter something and there would be these mechanical games. And yeah, I do believe, I could not substantiate this, but if they're not the first, they're one of the first to have, yeah, the, the cra- the, the crane game where you would go down and automatically get candy. Um, it would probably be very short-sighted and that's very typical even today in japanese culture to instead of have like you know i don't know if you guys have them in, in europe but in in america at the grocery store there's a lot of places where you can pop a quarter in and you turn a thing and like a piece of candy or bubble gum or some m&m's pops out into your hand yeah hands. yeah We got that. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And in Japan, those are very common still, but they, they put a little flair into it, you know, and they still, uh, they still have the crane come down and pick them up, or it's like, you know, uh, or it's like some sort of license or something, and, uh, if you ever watch Arino in, um, Game Center CX, he frequently um, likes to play the candy games because he knows he's always going to win. Um, so it's pretty charming to see. So if you guys ever check out an episode there and he goes and visits a game center, he always plays the, uh, the crane games and stuff that exists. But yeah, I know they did some of that stuff. I was trying to find, it was a little hard to find, um, stuff that was really ingrained. I think it's because I didn't want to pay and I didn't, I, I honestly, you know, only use the internet, uh, for this week's show. Um, but, uh, <laughs> but i'm I'm sure there's some information, and we'll talk about it, especially in the game space. They were forward thinking on quite a few games, uh oh, yeah, both yeah. in terms of technology and and you know what came to be um you know and i I really think they get a bad rep for milking um you know space invaders and uh bubble bobble <laughs> a little bit more than they actually do. Which um, um,
1: well, modern right. game companies say hi, like Call of Duty. Well, most companies. Oh yes, no, Activision <laughs> is definitely not
0: guilty of anything like that. Uh, <laughs> but uh but yeah, and they, and they are very well. Again, we'll talk about their arcade games, but they did a lot more arcade games than you probably think they did. Um, you know, the the Tight Toe Legends collections are available. One and two are both on PS2 and Xbox three sixty or I'm sorry, Xbox original Xbox. Um which is kind of unfortunate because obviously the PS3 really wasn't for the most part backwards compatible and neither were the Legends games. And there's some Voodoo in the Xbox ones that uh simply only run an Xbox. They do are not backwards compatible with the three sixty. So they're kind of hard to run. And then there is a PSP collection um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I, you can speak to it, but uh, I didn't. Uh, I, I wasn't too keen on the collection. No, in that I, one. you're not
1: missing much. I guess I'll touch on that a bit later. But it's the I don't know. There's something about because the PSP screen. Uh, some of the games work mm. on it, but most of them because of how the arcade cabinet was rendered. When you change the view of it on the PSP screen, you have to flip it on its side <laughs> to I do some of the machines, yeah. <laughs> which just doesn't look
0: right. And that's still odd. Yeah. Um especially when you're uh you know, I I could see where like space invaders maybe it'd work. You use the D pad for left and right and then up and down for shooting. Um but aside from space invaders, and I don't know how well the PSP deals with pushing two buttons at once, which you'd probably want to do, uh I can't see many of them working too well. Um But at least it's the right uh resolution. Oh yeah, uh, unlike yeah, that the uh good. Yeah, cause they're all, a lot of them are vertical cabinets, which are basically best viewed as, uh, think of a widescreen TV on its side. So, um which is very indicative of the PSP. So, uh, I don't know, I guess, uh, without further ado, we just jump right into the good shit, the games. Um, Absolutely. And, uh, as is usually the case here, I think I'm going to progress in, in, uh, in order of when they came out. Um uh, if you don't mind. Um, oh, but, no, no, uh, yeah, go, f- go for it. But if I'm missing something or if something came out, you, you know, definitely let me know. Because um, I am skipping over games I didn't personally play. So um, uh, the first game that I'm thinking of that I actually played, um, because for the record, they released probably 30 games before Space Invaders. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> that were versions of video arcade games, but I never played them. I almost thought I had played Western Gun. Which I uh, think it was called Gunfight in America, and kind of think of Wild Gunman on a very basic scale. But this did come out on the C64 and C128. Um, but it was it was just a it was a shooter game without a light gun. But you I think you pulled the trigger, so you would kind of watch the canned animation and pull the trigger at the right moment. So, um, okay. did you play anything predating uh, Space Invaders? I don't think
1: I have actually. I've I've played. um Well, which one was it called? I just have a look at my list here. I played okay. Wild Western, but I don't know if that was before Space Invaders or not. I can't remember the date of that uh, one. Let me check. Um, Wild Western is
0: no, yeah, Wild Western's yeah. from '82.
1: Yeah, it's '84. Um, so, and, yeah, and it uh, is Space in the Taito, Taito
0: collection. I thought that's yeah. what you were talking about, but uh, okay, yeah, no, that's coming up. But uh, so number one is is definitely let's let's get it out of the way. Space Invaders. Who hasn't played <laughs> Space Invaders? Um I honestly don't think I've played Space Invaders all that much. Um, uh, did, I mean, was this a very pivotal game for you growing up?
1: Well, not, probably not growing up, like, at least my earlier games, but I think when the, well, I think my I did, I did like Space Invaders a lot when I did try it, which was on, I think my first experience of it was on some really crappy, um, emulated port on some system, or like some, basically on a Windows computer. And I think, oh, it, okay. <laughs> yeah, pretty much, so, um, but it just the simplicity of the game and um it's it's one of that some people kind of debate it's like the early shmup i think i'm not quite sure if i'd say it is a shmup or not because of how it's designed but but it's you know i yeah. think it's certainly ha- it's 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 been a huge inspiration for a lot of game developers um in the past uh one one big one famous example is um what's his name he do kojima from uh, metal Gear yes. solid <laughs> he he's yes. he, he quite regularly rave saying that the, the idea of El
0: Gear came from Space Evasion, which seems a bit weird, but. Um, well, but- one thing he says about it, which is, is probably my biggest draw to it, and I felt yet again, is it's so funny how even a game from 1978, the way it works, and just in case no one's seen it before, there are typically five rows of aliens, um, and there's what, 15, 20 of them across. Um, and there are different kind of classes. In the back are the squid guys. There's one row of them, and then there's kind of the not-so-squid guys, and then there's the big old cherubs or whatever in the front. They all kind of mostly look like octopi or crustaceans. And uh, they slowly descend upon you, randomly shooting at times. You've got four bases, so to speak, that d- get destroyed either by you shooting them or the enemy shooting them. They kind of slowly disintegrate. And they're slowly descending on you, but they, it, it has this fun music this dut. De- Duh, yep, duh, that's it. <laughs> duh, duh, duh. And then as it gets closer or as you kill off more and more of them, they start moving faster and it's like and when they get down, I mean it gets really tense, at least it did for me. And I can see that tension being perfect for metal gear. Like the especially uh, when we when stealth was less of a genre and the original Metal Gear Solid, you know, when you were playing that that first time and you're actually hiding around places and trying to catch people and you realize you have to take it at a slow pace, like, that tension was high, at least for me. Especially that first scene where you're sneaking into uh, Outer Haven, like, from from the sub. Oh, yeah. So, like, yeah. yeah. But, anyway. Um, but, yeah, I, I really dug Space Invaders, uh, even, even now. Um, and I found myself, you'll see on the video, like, I wanted to play one game and then I was like, well, let's see. i one more. Yeah, you know, uh, but 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 I had a lot of fun with it, and and I do like it. Uh, again, it's it's a relatively simple graphic style, um, but it works, and it it feels like that that good vintage arcade game where you like appreciate it for its simplicity. Yeah, absolutely. this was ported to everything. My short list here. (laughs) Apple II, Atari 2600, 5200, Atari 8-bit, Color FX. I don't even know what the Color FX is. Is that a microcomputer? Color FX? Okay. don't know. (laughs) Wikipedia doesn't (laughs) either because there's no link for it. Um, C64, Game Boy, Game Boy Color, Game Boy Advance, iOS, Java. Yes, (laughs) it's released to Java um mobile phone MSX NES Nintendo 64 PC PlayStation PlayStation 2 PSP the SG1000 which is uh I believe the early version of the Mega uh of the Mega Drive or uh, the Master System right because the SG3000 or Mark 3 is the uh, Ma- Master System yeah so yeah. the 1000 is the archaic version that was I believe only in Japan but you guys might have gotten it in Europe
1: no, we didn't get that. An um, oh, no. so. <laughs> gotcha.
0: The lovely ZX Spectrum, of course. Uh so, I yes. don't know what the Sky Active is either. Uh the SNES, the VG pocket caplet, the virtual oh. console. That's oh like, yeah. I know what the Sky Active is. I feel if I if I
1: if I'm right, I think that's actually we have a TV service in the UK called where well, it used to be like Sky, which is owned by Rupert Murdoch. Um, uh huh. If I'm right, I could be wrong. This is where people will troll me on the, on the chat. But they, Sky used to have you could play games off the TV, kind of like an early streaming oh, yeah. type service. I've heard of I'm that. Space, yeah. yeah,
0: It's terrible. Oh, awesome. <laughs> so, awesome! Yeah. Well, you know what? It had Space Invaders. So, it had um, as well. <laughs> so, no it, shit. It did. Yeah. Man, that. You, yeah, I guess basically they bought the Engage services. I don't know. Um, Pretty much, it was <laughs> it was on the Virtual Console and the Wonder Swan, the lovely Wonder Swan, and of course the Xbox through um, uh, Taito uh, uh, Collection, the Taito Legends Collection. Uh, they did switch it to color, as I indicated in the past. Um, only the Taito Memories Volume One collection on PS2 actually contains this version. I believe Taito Memories memory serves me is only the japanese version as well so it, is, that's what it's called in japan so i don't know if it's in the american or european releases um i don't believe space invaders color was an option in mine i think it was just always uh, in color I mean, it's or in mine in, either, so. a version of color and then it of course had many crazy ports um <laughs> You know there was uh, like like adaptations of the game, shall I say? You know there were updated like '88 versions and stuff like that, kind of like they did with Galaga. Uh, there was a virtual uh, a Virtual Boy version of Space Invaders, Space Invaders 3D or whatever, and um, and then of course Space Invaders Extreme recently came out. And if you are a fan, uh, I'm sure you may or may not prefer the PSP version, but I definitely like the DS version more. Space Invaders Extreme is an amazing DS game.
1: Oh no, it's great. Yeah, absolutely. No, I'd say DS over the PSP one.
0: <laughs> they work the dual screen just a little bit better. Um mm. it's the, the PSP one's a little too busy for me. Um but uh but a really crazy and influential game. Um and again it it shocks me as to everyone's really been exposed to it, but it shocks me as to uh, how well uh you know it kind of uh uh how well it kind of uh you know travels through time and still remains addictive as hell
1: <laughs> absolutely yeah
0: but it's, you know. it's just
1: like it's one of those early examples like you mentioned where just you know just one you play it once there's just oh just one more game just one more game <laughs> which is the same yeah, exactly. really, lot of Taito games really
0: yeah uh Taito is very good for the one more game mentality which i again if you guys are watching this video on youtube you'll see i tend to do that a, a, a little bit. You know, I, I apologize if I didn't give much play to your favorite game. But, you know, as I talk about my favorite games, you know, I definitely spent more time with them. So, um, let's see. In that same year, they'll also release Field Goal. Were you a fan of Field Goal? <laughs> Not really, no. So. And I don't, yeah, Fear Do Guru, uh, I don't believe it's on the American version either. I think that was a Japanese only. Um, so... Uh, so there is that. Um, on the flip side, though, uh, there is a, a very basic type of arcade game uh, that is on this uh, the uh, Legends collection known as Lunar Rescue. Did you play yeah. Lunar Rescue?
1: Yeah, Lunar Rescue is a lot of fun, I thought. So, again, it's, it felt very... For, I've obviously, I, I only actually played it this week, actually, to be perfectly there honest. So, um, <laughs> but, yeah, but obviously it has that very... Well, very retro feel, kind of similar graphic style to Space Invaders in a way, but it, it really yeah. it felt very ahead of its time for when it was released.
0: Um, was well, it the seventies? Right. Seventy nine. Yeah, there we go. So, so or well, let me see. Yeah, if it wasn't seventy nine, it was eighty. Uh, seventy nine. No. So, I mean, this will come out right around the same time as Space Invaders, which is fair because it's kind of similar to Space Invaders in a lot of ways. Um. I don't know. I like. I I didn't play too much of this one. I didn't much care for it. But uh, from from what you played, like uh, you know, I mean, basically, your your. It's kind of like Lunar Lander, right? Because you take off and you can land, and there are like pillars that you can land on. Am I correct? That's right. There's different sort of score
1: pillars. So there's lower yeah. down pillars. Like there's like five hundred, and there's like a hundred. There's two hundred. Um, but so basically it's like risk reward the you can like risk going lower to get a higher score but then you got to remember you you land first and then you got to ascend and kind of go back to the spaceship and um while you're doing that basically basically um as you're dropping you're avoiding asteroids as you're ascending you're shooting aliens but you're kind of constantly scrolling which is really bad because it kind of that's probably (laughs) what i don't like about the game so much because it's really easy to die in that bit
0: yes yes and uh and I thought it was kind of cool, though, that they did, you know, kind of dual, do dual duty as, uh, both, uh, you know, having the aspects of shooting the aliens up in the sky with space invaders, but also with the kind of physics-based, uh, um, uh, lunar lander kind of feel. Although, as somebody who is not much of a fan of lunar lander, you know, obviously I've got my, uh, my biases. <laughs> <Of course. laughs> but, but again, it, it is on there, um, it, uh, Taito themselves piggybacked the success of Space Invaders to sell the game, uh, in arcades. So I can, I can see the, uh, I can see where, where it would, you know, where it would all fall under, uh, the same kind of veil. So, uh, and it is on the Taito Legends collection, so, uh, definitely.
1: It's also, it's also on the PSP version as well,
0: so. <laughs> okay. Well, that's good to know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll, uh, obviously there are game lists available, but, uh, but yeah, we'll, uh. We'll be able to um, kind of mention those ones because I don't have that version. (laughs) Um, Then, of course, there was time for a a follow-up. So in 19... There have been differing sources. Uh, I'm going to say 1980, uh, Space Invaders Part 2 came out. And this is definitely on the Legends Collection and the PSP one. Yeah. Um, And uh, and you know what? I'm going to say something (laughs) right here and now. I know this is going to be terrible to say, but... I've never played it before and that hasn't changed. I did not play it this week. Uh I, I tried to play as many games as I could, but I got hooked and I'll talk about this as we get to them, but I got hooked to some games more than others. And I always meant to go back to Space Invaders Part Two and never did. Did you play this? I did, yeah, absolutely. Um, well, to be fair, you're not really missing much, Fred. It oh, okay, it's well, that's good enough. Space
1: Invaders Part 2 is basically Space Invaders again. It's the same game as the first one. It's got some minor differences this time. For example, the the shields. The shields now have the number of the level kind of etched into them. And the um, I think ah. the, the sprites for the spaceship flying across are occasionally different um there's a few things like there'll be there might be some people who point out some there are there's obviously going to be a few extra minor problems oh the main difference as well is it's an overlay arcade cabinet i think so it's it's got the color in it this time but it's um, uh-huh. it's okay. the overlay yeah. color so it's not black and white like the original it's um but i think i think the arcade cabinet because i've got the i don't know if you've done if you have it as well but the playstation 2 game space invaders anniversary collection Mm-hmm. Like, which is um there's a, it's got I have not a,
0: played it but I'm familiar with it.
1: Yeah, it's got part two on that and it's got the ca- it shows it actually shows you the cabinet on that collection. It's it's actually an overlay version. So it's got the, you know, I don't know, was it green, blue, red, yellow, <laughs> all that sort of stuff? But it but mm-hmm. to, the baseline is it's Space Invaders again. It literally is part two, it's just the same game. So
0: <laughs> Yes, it was often called Space Invaders Deluxe to kinda of piggyback asteroids deluxe. Uh that was a midway uh decision. Uh, when it was out here, so that that may also uh, yeah. explain that. <laughs> yeah, but it, so. it's, I mean, I don't know, it's, I, I
1: guess that this is quite a, you know, people, people um, complain saying, oh, you know, saying, modern games are the same, this really does feel exactly the same, and this was done in 1978, well, no, 1980, I like said, or 79, or whenever it was released, so, yeah. <laughs> so it really wasn't much different at all. Uh, it's in, at least compared to, say, games we're going to mention very soon, which um, where it, you know which were very different from their predecessors, stuff.
0: Yes. Uh, hold on, real quick. Sorry, I was responding to something in chat. <laughs> PSN is down in 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 America via the website only, just in case you guys were wondering. Um, but uh, um, well, next we jump into 1980, um, and uh, there is a discussion of of a couple of. Um, interesting balloon game. Oh, God. Did you, play, <laughs> yeah. did you play Balloon Bomber? I, I did not yeah. play Balloon Bomber. So. I played
1: Balloon Bomber. This was a funny one. Um, it's a shmup,
0: from my <laughs> understanding, on an, in an archaic uh, way.
1: It's kind...
0: It's more like Space Invaders again, kind of, but... Um, oh, wow. This is on Taito Legends 2 for PS2. I have Taito Legends 2 yeah. for PS2, so... I can go back and try this. But anyway, continue on.
1: <laughs> it's it's definitely worth a go. It's a, it's an interesting concept. So this time, you're kind of I guess I think you're kind of like a I think it's like a World War game, and you're like the artillery, but you can move. It, it's like Space Invaders' game, where you can move across the plane. But this time, there's basically bombs dropping from the from the top of the screen, and they're kind of going in a row, and you shoot with your artillery. Again, it's like the Space Invaders' shot, where it's like one at a time. You've got to try and pick them off. But this time, um, the bombs are kind of... Shots are being fired down at you, and they damage the interior that you're standing on, and it's permanent damage. So say the floor that you're on, if it goes in the oh, center, wow. you can't move past it. So you're forcefully restricted, so it's quite tense, actually. If you get... It's actually, nice. I, I recommend you play it, actually. You might quite enjoy it. I mean, I played it yeah. the first time and thought, this really sucks, because it, it seems so basic, <laughs> but then when that shot yeah. goes down and it stops you moving across the screen, you think, oh, fuck so, yeah, yeah actually <laughs> you know it really makes it just mixes things up a bit it makes it a lot harder and then this situation can happen where you get a shot fire there you get a shot fire the other side you just can't move and you're just a sitting duck so
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah again tension still uh still not lost on the the boys and girls at taito especially in these early titles um mm. So, yeah, actually, I, now I need to try it out, because games like that, and we'll talk about it, but Zookeeper uh, seem to have that unique spin on something you can kind of idealize in your head, um, but something that, that kind of makes it crazier than you thought it would be, so... Um. Anyway, so there's Balloon Bomber, and then right on its coattails, which I believe <laughs> it's only in the uh, the Taito Legends uh, on PSP collection, is Crazy Balloon, which is uh, a maze navigation game, from my understanding. Oh. Oh, did you play this? I did,
1: yeah. <laughs> okay. This one I don't know what to make of it really, because it, it's so hard. <laughs> it's so, really? It's but I don't. The problem is it's obviously. I'm playing it on the PSP. I'm wondering what the—I would love to know what the controller was because unlike the um, unlike the, the the console versions, you know, the the Legends Part One, it shows you mm-hmm. the cabinets. It doesn't show you the cabinet in this game, so you don't know what it's the cabinet was. So you don't it know was a
0: four way joystick only, oh, as far as I know.
1: Oh, so yeah, so that makes sense actually, but because obviously mm-hmm. I was playing it with the PSP little nub thing, which is—I don't
0: know—that's just awful. right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Plus, uh, and I know this just from actually having an arcade. Um, there's very there's a lot of difference in having a four-way joystick versus an eight-way or, in most cases nowadays, like a 49 or 51-way where they've got like full kind of analog rotation. Yeah. Um. Because Pac-Man and and games like that are very easy with a four-way controller because it can only be one of those points. But since I was using a Street Fighter controller, there were times, and you can kind of see it on the video, where it would glitch out and it wouldn't count like an up as a direct up or something like that because there was this weird kind of cross balance and with an analog stick i'm sure it's the exact same problem so um but anyway um but no the uh the first game that i definitely played a ton of and i kind of mentioned it recently on the boss battles episode um is none other than phoenix in oh, 1980 yeah. one of the earliest versions of the shmup uh it was a vertical shmup and uh and basically you were uh it was kind of a rip off of galaga um, is yeah, it or Galaxian that came first. For- uh, Galaxian remember. before Galileo. Okay, so- yeah. So it's it's kind of a rip off of Galaxian down to the ship, <laughs> <laughs> yes. but everything's got their l- unique twist. So it was in space. It kind of scrolled, but it was a lot of. Fakery. There's no parallax scrolling really going on. Yeah, the back, um, yeah, the background scrolls, but yeah, I don't yeah. scroll at all. I think. It kind of <laughs> hiccups. It kind of MSX scrolls. Uh, if if you've ever seen an MX MSX shmup, you'll see what I mean, where it's kind of redrawing one line as it takes away another. Um, but uh, but you're fighting Phoenix. You are fighting flying birds in space uh, for the most part. And, uh, there's five stages. Uh, the first one, uh, they kind of come down in formations at different times. Uh, the interesting twist to this, obviously, is that you have a force field, which can save your ass in many cases. Um, did you really get how or why that worked? Like, sometimes I felt the force field would trigger without my knowledge or say so. I, I, I don't even know if that was an animation or what, but, uh, I found it I pretty solid, sh-
1: actually. I didn't, I didn't, I, I okay. triggered what I wanted to, but.
0: It's more it would always trigger when I wanted it to, but I felt like it triggered sometimes when I didn't want it to. But, again, I was playing on a joystick yeah. or on, a, on an arcade you know, controller. It's very possible I just touched the wrong button. Yeah, so. maybe. Don't know. But, uh, but yeah, that, it was a good save-me point. Uh, definitely worked out. Um, and then you will do two levels where you're kind of moving back and forth uh, and, and taking out guys as they fly down to you. Then there is the fun crisscross level where they start as little balls and then they – they burst forth as large Phoenix that can lose their wings on either side, or if you hit them in the center, they die completely. And then there is a final boss, which is, what is that? Is it like the guy from Space Invaders grew a couple That's legs, a, yeah. and he he made a huge discotheque on a floating saucer, and he's, like, having a party. Like, he's having his own rave in the middle there. And Phoenix are coming down from above like crazy, trying to take you out. And you've literally got a shoot through this huge layer of, of of kind of like rock beneath him and then through the floor. But he's a one-shot kill once you get that far. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, Very easy game, actually, especially when you compare it to its peers. Oh, even yeah. Space oh, yeah. Raiders, very easy game. It's uh, The game just repeats after that. And uh, most of the time I played, you got like six lives, I think, on the Legends Collection every time you'd play. And I easily played through the game two or three times before I would run out of lives, so... I think the uh, default
1: arcade version was only three lives, I think. I don't, yeah, like the original version, but I don't know. Right.
0: <laughs> but you could still probably beat the game in oh, three yeah. lives uh, pretty easily. The one thing that kind of holds you back is, um, and I think this was done purposefully so, very sluggish, slow kind of movements. Yeah. You know, and <laughs> so. then the Phoenix purposefully are working in these zigzag patterns. Again, on the video you'll see... It didn't take much to kind of outmaneuver me <laughs> as the ship, so that's your your kind of setback. So, um, uh, but a cool game. It's it's great to see kind of the early early you know progenitors with with Galaxian that, that came out before everything kind of went horizontal and and went nuts. It's quite uh, quite so. a
1: graphical leap as well, I think, for most of the games at the time.
0: Oh yeah, um, Phoenix looked great uh, compared to even the games that came out, like you said, at the same time. Um, like even Balloon Bomber and stuff I mean, it looks <laughs> oh, fantastic compared to that. But uh, anyway, um, and then uh, moving into 1981, while we're staying on the topic of games copying games, you've got Colony Seven which was just blatant rip-off of Missile Command, in my opinion. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. In, in, like, every way, shape, and form. I mean, for the most part, uh things are dropping or coming across, and you uh, have a reticle that's like a plus sign, and you target things, and it shoots them, and you stop things from falling down. <laughs> so, Was this, uh, did it have a trackball with this arcade, or? I don't know. That was another thing. I could not find a picture of the cabinet. Um... I donated him, <laughs> yeah I mean i mean but, but but to be funny, um the game was ported to the twenty six hundred uh by Atari age in two thousand and eight, so oh, wow. <laughs> the reason it's funny is because Atari made missile Command, so it's like moving your clone over to the uh to the <laughs> to everything but uh, I was not too intrigued by colony seven i I quickly moved on but yeah, are you a huge Missile Command guy or did? did
1: you uh, this... No, I'm not a Missile Command guy really. I'm not at all. I don't know. I've no, I'm not being huge into that game. Uh, Just... <laughs> so...
0: Yeah, I, I was. I didn't much care for Missile Command. Um, most people didn't even don't even know what I'm talking about. I'm like, it's the game that John is playing in fucking it... Terminator Two. Best it's... game over screen ever. <laughs> so... Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, it's uh, it does have the best game over screen ever, and that one did have a trackball. So I'm gonna guess. With the attention to detail and copying stuff, although I will give Colony 7 this, it, it has better graphics. It kind of oh, yeah, looks like yeah. SimCity. Um, but uh, I would bet it had a trackball. Yeah. Um, yeah. Unless, for some reason, Taito, in their ability to <laughs> make all kinds of arcade amusement, somehow couldn't nail the trackball quite yet. But I doubt that. So, um, anyway... Um, and then uh, the next one, which is actually, as far as I know, not on the uh, the collection, or any collection for that matter, but I definitely played a lot in the arcade, so I want to talk about it, is uh, Lock and Chase, uh, which came out in uh, 1981. Did you ever play Lock and Chase? No, I think this is the first one I haven't, haven't played yet. So. Oh, Okay. Right. Um, well, and it's, it's very interesting cause lock and chase was actually a data East game. Mm. Um, so there is that, but, uh, I believe Taito published it maybe only in Japan or something, but, uh, but basically, um, it, it's kind of a, uh, a Pac-Man, um, clone for, for lack of a, of a better term, uh, in, in every way, shape and form. So you're, you're going to start seeing this with Taito. Um, they're 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 not shy about uh, pulling. Hold on, here we go. There you go. There's a look of it if you want to check it out in the chat there, Jam. But um, you play a thief, and uh, he's being um, attacked by four policemen: stiffy, scaredy, smarty, and silly. Figure this. And you're grabbing little <laughs> coins on the ground and random treasures appear and take stuff away. Uh, so. right. <laughs> but uh yeah, Lock and Chase uh did find its way into a Dairy Queen by my house. <laughs> and uh and uh I definitely played it quite a bit. Uh needless to say, it was much more fun to play Pac Man though. I'm sorry to yeah. say it wasn't yeah. a very strong clone, but I do have a weakness towards, you know, Data East games. So there's that. Um, also, and I think these are part of the collection, but if not, most people have played this in many forms, especially if you're a MAME person. Uh, a game I actually originally had on the Game Boy was the first time I played it, was Quicks, or Kicks, Q I X.
1: Absolutely, yeah. (laughs)
0: Yes. That's, um,
1: how I, that's how I
0: played it, Game Boy. <laughs> so- Game Boy? Yeah, right. It was perfect for Game Boy. But basically, yeah, you're given a box screen. And if you guys haven't played this, there are many versions of this. And yes, main players, I'm very aware there are a ton of versions that reveal <laughs> naked women. Um, <laughs> you basically are going around a grid. There is a creature, in the case of Quix, um, it, it's this interesting kind of... It's this line spectrum that kind of works with, it's supposed to be like a pseudo 3D effect, but it's this line spectrum that jumps around. And, um, you're supposed to leave the, the border of the box of the frame of the screen and draw squares. You know, you go out and then down and then you connect the squares and it fills it up. And you have to fill up a certain percentage of the screen and you've got to do it without being touched while you're drawing a square. You have to complete a square before the, the Quicks creature gets to you. Obviously, you can see the genius of this game is as real estate gets sparse, there's less places for that thing to go, and it makes it harder for you to draw boxes. And in later levels of Quicks, you have to do like 95% of the screen. Um, now, in original Quicks, and I'm pretty sure this was the case in Game Boy, they just did a fun little you know shader effect like they do with the Tetris blocks. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it was multicolored in the arcade. It was blue and red squares. Um, but, again uh Japan has universally remade versions of quix uh where when you uh close a box you are slowly revealing a picture of some kind <laughs> sometimes it's appropriate sometimes it's completely inappropriate <laughs> yep um, i forget what the name of it was like party gals or something is the large like you have a ton of them on your main cab if you have a full mame set uh, but uh, but anyway um, so yeah um and the oh, and then and then there were intermissions in the Game Boy version with Mario in them. So uh, I don't know. Quicks is a truly genius title, though. Oh yeah. Uh, I, I don't know. Was it was it very quintessential to you?
1: Well, it's, it's simplicity really. It's just it's such a simple game that you just just eats your time, very much like Tetris in a way. obviously a different game entirely. To Tetris, but uh-huh. um, you know, it, it's like you know, even when you were younger, you just kind of when you first played this, you're kind of like. What? I'm just drawing a line and then, then obviously hours just pass and your parents are happy because you're you're quiet in the corner while you're playing this.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I think it has a special case. And by the way, the, uh, it's called the Gal's Panic series is the, is the main (laughs) one in case you want to go look up, uh, um, scantily clad uh, anime girls, which eventually I think get naked in in the thing. I've never played them too much. Um, but again, it, yeah, it was a simplistic concept. It worked. It was on a lot of microcomputers. MS-DOS had sticks, which was kind of a clone of it, and, and things like that. I was also very happy to uh, see it. It's the arcade game and bully. Oh so yeah, when you yeah. go play arcades in in Bully, uh, that's the game you're playing, which was which was cool because I wasn't great with some of the mini game stuff in Bully, and I'm trying to remember was that all in where all the classrooms? Those were that was in the original PS2 version of Bully. Yeah, right? no, it's
1: the, it's the art class in Bully. That's like they did the whole reveal a picture. That's thing. what
0: it is. It is the art class. Yes, was, I'm wrong. It was, it was, the uh, arcade yeah. is something different, it was but his, yes, it was his teacher. Right. <laughs> <just all>. Yes, <laughs> yes, that's correct. Yeah, he would make good stuff, and then yeah, and then eventually. <laughs> uh that that goes in an interesting uh direction um but it, it it's always a charming game i never play it for too long but i really kind of dug it so yeah yeah
1: it's uh, very so, yeah. very much well as its name it's a quick game quite literally
0: yes <laughs> you know, yes it. and it it works great as an arcade game you can see that um and uh and and you know with naked chicks on a on a bar top i can see that having some strength as well <laughs> so um but yes quicks was huge to me um and then, uh, let's see here. Next up, I don't, I did not play this. This is not on my collection, but was, uh, Space Dungeon, which did get some oh, ports God. to Atari <laughs> consoles. It's on the PSP version of it. Uh, did you play Space Dungeon? Yeah, I played Space Dungeon. Um, I didn't, the problem
1: is, is that I didn't probably give this game enough time, because obviously I was just trying to fly through as many games as possible. It's one of those. Right, right. Oh, I don't know how you describe this game, but it's, <laughs> well basically it's a you, you have a static screen you can move between rooms the idea is you collect treasure as much treasure as possible and get to the goal uh, but you've got like enemies like following you and everything mm-hmm. it's quite it's quite a, it's quite a fun i can see it being quite a fun game but i just remember it just being brutally difficult because the enemies are just you can shoot the enemies with this very small like little line like laser it reminds it's, right. it, it feels like a very early ve- version of like the twin stick shooter in a way because um, oh, that's, that's what. Yeah, it is. It's, you play as like a little. Well, your sprite is like a little spot almost. So. You know
0: what's interesting? Actually, it makes me think of. um Have you ever played the game? It wasn't. It was in the movie Cloak and Dagger, and it was supposed to be the video game Cloak and Dagger, but it's not. It's actually an Atari game with a different name, and this sounds very similar. Where you play a guy, and you're kind of. It is kind of twin stick shootery, where you're shooting in all directions, kind of you know, and you're just trying to collect things in a level yeah. and then a bomb goes off in the middle of the room and you have to get out of the room before the bomb obliterates you.
1: Yeah. It's very similar. You know, it starts yeah. in the middle
0: and kind of moves out. So I wonder if this is another one of those kind of pseudo clones, but I don't know for sure.
1: Kind of, but there's without the bomb exploding, you just basically, right, basically right. just have <laughs> more and more enemies. Just It's similar because if you stay in one room, you're going to just be overwhelmed. You just can't, there's certain enemies that are just too difficult to take out. If you just stay in the room, basically, um, they'll just keep on coming.
0: <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, very cool game. Uh, I mean, sounds cool, I guess. Um, so, uh, um, so yeah, I guess uh, if you get a chance, the name Space Dungeon. Uh, it's a weird sounds name. Appropriate for. Suited, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so um, next up, I know Alpine Ski is on the collection. Did you play Alpine Ski? I didn't really find it to be anything yeah, special. I
1: played it, but okay, it's not hugely. Usually- it's not, not much to write home about. It's a, it's s- a
0: skiing video game. Yeah. Get that. Um, you're going to be doing some jumping. There are going to be some obstacles, possibly a tree. Um, <laughs> very colorful, though. I'll give it credit for that. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, but the reason I'm kind of rushing through it is because of a game I definitely want to talk about, which is Jungle Hunt. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Jungle Hunt is the first arcade and probably video game I've ever played. Oh, really? Oh. Um, yeah. Yeah, and, and again, it's it's kind of a, a clone. Uh, it, it kind of is a Pitfall clone, but as we'll talk about in a second here, I don't want to call it that um, because there are many drastic differences from this and Pitfall. Um, but uh, I don't know. Did you, uh, so obviously you are familiar with Jungle Hunt?
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. Wasn't it? Was the it was formerly called something else, wasn't it? But Jungle it, King. Yeah, that's it. Jungle King. Yeah, has changed due to legal problems or something. So. <laughs>
0: Yes, I can uh, – well, it it originally started off as Jungle King, and they switched it to Jungle Hunt because of something. Oh, uh, Edgar Rice Burroughs estate for copyright infringement. Oh, yeah. (laughs) That's why. They got sued by Edgar Rice Burroughs. So there you go, Um, because the character apparently looked a lot like him. Uh, I can see that, yeah. Obviously, he was uh, the American writer who – I uh, did Tarzan, so I think that was the big the big problem with it. Um, because Jungle Hunt is a four-stage game. Uh, in the first stage, you are jumping from vine to vine. <laughs> uh, but the guy looks like kind of a, um, on the box art, he looks very clumsy. Um, in the game, he, he just kind of looks like a very basic uh, explorer, you know, with your tan shorts and your tan shirt and the little bowler cap, you know. Um, but you're jumping vine to vine, uh, in, in kind of a pseudo, it's got like pseudo physics. Um, and, and stop me if I'm wrong, Jam, but didn't, he had an amazing leap. Oh, when yeah. He would it's leap huge. vine to vine. <laughs> like... Um, and it's weird to play it, right? Because it's the same regardless. It doesn't know where you are in the swing, uh, because arcade games didn't do that at that time. Yeah, you could be at the top but of you... the
1: rope or the bottom, and it'll be, <laughs> it wouldn't matter.
0: Exactly, and you could be going back the other way, but he'll have that forward lurch no matter what, uh, but the tough part is you can barely see the vine you're about to jump to so you're tempted to get the rhythm going but since it's all random and you can't really see the vines until it's too late you kind of gotta bide your time shall i say Uh, this game is definitely a game where patience is 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 the easiest way to get through it i don't think there's a time Uh, limit either so you can literally take your time Yes, yes, and you've got a limited number of lives. Again, in the collection, you got like six lives. I'm sure the arcade it was like two or three, or you could be toggled by dip switches. Yeah. Uh Every version I ever played of this had two art, uh, two lives, which is why I rarely saw uh beyond the second level. Uh, the second level is the the most bullshit in my opinion. <laughs> it's, it's swimming and stabbing gators, but the hit detection is a little less than yeah, fair. It's, it's, it's horrible. <laughs> it's just... Yeah, you'll 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 see, and he whips out a knife. So you'll you basically look like you hit the gator, and then you die. Um, the and I'm I'm trying to remember. I kept dying from running out of water or running out of air, and I couldn't ever figure out if I had to just go to the surface to get air, or if I had to get trapped in the bubbles. Uh, but I almost think it didn't benefit me to get trapped in the bubbles. Do you know? You can um. Uh, it, it didn't benefit you to get trapped in the bubbles, well, because
1: I think, well, at least for when I played it, it the, the gases would get you, basically, doing that way. Right. So you temporarily yeah. kind of stopped in that way. But I guess uh, but to, to get the air, it just goes to the surface. <laughs> <So>. Yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> so I drowned because I hung out down uh, underwater. But it was kind of cool that they kept that in there. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Um, And it's this is also the longest stage. Jesus, it seems to drag on forever. Like, you'll get a good rhythm going, and I will take out, like... I think I took out every alligator the Bayou could possibly throw at me. Um, I've killed more gators in a single run of Jungle Hunt than I have in my entire 60 hours of Assassin's Creed 4. Um, and so yeah, it was very it was very uh unnerving. But when you finally get to the end and that cliff never looked better. You know, you kind of crash into it and he just kind of climbs out. Then you're running up a hill dodging uh, rocks. Now, did you, I'm guessing, did you beat the game? Yeah, at yeah, I beat the game. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I didn't get to on the video playthrough, but I went back and I played it. And I remember this because uh, I played it so long that when I recently sat up, my legs, I was sitting Indian style, and my legs were asleep, <laughs> basically. And I tried to walk, and you do that weird thing where you kind of fall to the floor. But, uh but yes, yes, uh the the rock one you're running up a rocks and you just kind of jump with momentum and then there are big rocks where you got to kind of run under them which I thought was pretty cool. Um I don't know, did you ever manage to jump over one? I don't know that you're able to. I, I didn't, um, I didn't,
1: well, I tried to, but I died, but that's still,
0: I've not, okay. I've not successfully jumped <laughs> over one, yeah. <laughs> the rocks defy gravity, we should mention, oh, yeah, you know? yeah. <laughs> because it's not true scrolling, so they kind of just hover in the air as you run under them. You've got, like, a limited period of time where they kind of levitate, like Luke Skywalker's controlling them or something, um, and then in the end is the bullshit natives, where you jump over two of them and then grab the girl, uh, who's hanging from a tree, uh, and make sure not to jump in the pot of uh, stew because, of course, they're cannibals and, of course, they want to cook your girlfriend. Um, of course. And then, like everything else by Taito, rinse, repeat. <laughs> <laughs> Star game. Uh, but it's a great game. Addictive as hell. Oh. And when I was a kid, it was perfect for, you know, just a run, you know. But uh, I don't know. Did you have anything else you wanted to add with uh Jungle Hunt. Oh no no already we definitely cover that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, next up was Mr. Do. Got to talk about it just because um, it's uh, their ripoff of uh, Dig Dug. Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah, in every way, shape, or form. I don't know. Is there anything you wanted to say about it? I, I really haven't, again, I wasn't huge on Dig Dug. Um, obviously they did a Neo Mr. Do, which was kind of like updated it for the Neo Geo, which is kind of cool. Mm. It's very bright and colorful. I suggest people check it out. But to me, Dig Dug's easier to find and probably the better way to play this game. But it, it is the basic, you know, concept that you're just kind of digging and trying to collect stuff. Um, if you've ever played Mario 2 and gotten to a desert level, you're pretty much playing Dig Dug or Mr. Do. Um, but I don't know, Jam, was there anything you wanted to oh, no. talk about in terms of Mr. Do? I don't think it's on the collection, though. Nah, I think there might not. have been license concerns. Of course. Uh, they, yeah, <laughs> Taito really, you know, t- was very... Casual, and they all were back in those days. They're not alone uh, over uh, ripping each other off. But then, when you make these collections, you got to be a little safer with it.
1: Yeah. So I say that um, Dig Dug was a lot easier to play around here than I don't think I ever saw a Mr. Do at all. Oh, I did see have di- seen a few Dig Dugs.
0: Though. So. Yeah, I, I think I've only. I don't know if I've actually ever seen a Mr. Do arcade, but I've seen them a lot because I run in the Japanese circles. But again, I've n- I don't think I've ever seen one in the flesh. Uh, and I don't even know if I've ever played a Mr. Do, other than when you go through your Mame ca- when you first set up your Mame and you're going through all your Mame games, and you're like, "Which one will I play today?" You put on Mr. Do, and you're like, "Oh, this is Dig Dug," and you just <laughs> exit out of it. Um, but uh, anyway, um, but not too similar to other games um, is you mentioned it earlier in the show was the lovely Wild Western game. Oh yeah, <laughs> um, which is on the collection. I should point out. Um I don't know I've been I've been flapping a little bit about uh, obviously about Jungle Hunt. You want to you want to tackle Wild Western here? Uh Wow. Well, or wondering. did you not really much care for I it? Did not, so I, I didn't I didn't really much care for it. That's the problem. Okay. I don't yeah. Uh well then then yeah then then I guess never mind. But yeah, it was uh it was a pretty basic game. I don't know. I uh wasn't it, I think there was some sort
1: of, the the whole game was some inspiration from Stan Lee or something? That's all I, I think.
0: Well, it was based off of the Wild oh, Western yeah. comics that, yeah. uh, that that came out bi-weekly um, through Marvel or something. Um, but uh, but it was one of Stan Lee's original, uh, he was the original editor on it. Um, and uh, Marvel, you know, wouldn't really celebrate, you know, the Stan Lee era until the 60s. So this is kind of what Stan Lee did beforehand. Um but it was a pretty basic, uh, shooter, I guess I would say. And it's not even really a shooter, but you'll see this. Atlas has ways of taking, or Atlas. Atlas. Taito <laughs> has ways of taking concepts and, um, adapting them into, uh, into other, like, kind of genre-bending games, I guess I would say. And, uh, you know, this is kind of like an early version of, uh, of kind of the, the, not really the walk to the right shooter, but you know, kind of.
1: <laughs> I guess it's kind of vertical scrolling, really, with the tra- yes. train and yeah, center horses.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a western atmosphere, and you're just kind of what running around shooting guys, aren't you?
1: Yeah, you just uh, you try to just uh, take out the well, I guess the bandits, really. Yeah. So yeah, to, um That yeah, and that's about it, really. And obviously, you're racking out points and wash repeat <laughs> so for the yeah. Title,
0: title. Okay, yeah. So I remember this. Okay, yeah, yeah. Um. So yeah, that was Wild Western. Um. But Zookeeper came out in 1982 as well, and Zookeeper is very cool. Yeah, uh, I think this is a very unique game. Actually, this is probably one of the more unique games, uh, of this era, uh, especially coming from Taito. Um. I don't know. Were you a big fan of Zookeeper?
1: Oh, absolutely. Yeah. This is a, again. It goes back to that kind of um. You know, simple, simple idea, um, but just a ton of fun to play. Yeah, and it gets crazy very Oh fast. yeah. <laughs> so,
0: um, it defies all gravity. You're basically a zookeeper that can run in uh, uh jump. 360 degrees around a square. <laughs> it 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 must have a center of gravity. That zoo must have a center of gravity or is that supposed to be like us looking down on it but they just are showing us uh the easiest way they can do it? I don't know. It was it was very interesting. <laughs> It's like an early mario galaxy or something so. yes it very much is because you're running you basically like gravity gravity uh, uh, exists on every surface of a rectangle and you if you go left or right he'll just turn the corner and switch gravity up you know as he does it or you can even jump you can do a jump where you can literally jump oh, around like two sides absolutely of it <laughs> he's got a, he's got a floaty jump that would make master chief jealous <laughs> uh <laughs> And uh, everywhere he walks, he puts down brick to kind of hold in these animals, and they're animals in the center. And um, they are slowly chipping away at the brick as he's slowly kind of rebuilding it. And the goal is in a time limit to keep the animals in the center. But then, of course, they complicate things. Like some animals can break through it, or there's a lot of animals, and you get scored based off of how many animals are still in the zoo when it when the timer runs out. And then, of course, they'll start with animals on the outside that you have to avoid by this, this big floaty jump. Um, and TC's saying, I believe John has a zookeeper in his basement. Yeah. I do believe he does. Uh, I think it's in it's the video. It's one of his favorite for, games,
1: I believe, as well. So.
0: It's a, it, again, like we, we were saying here, it's a very basic concept that is addictive as all yeah. hell. <laughs> so, um.
1: It's got quiet. So yeah, a- and
0: then eventually.
1: What? It's got quite a Donkey Kong feel to it, not in the terms of like, like it, it plays like Donkey Kong, but it kind of goes through kind of different types of levels as well. So you have the yes. the bits later with the the platforms, and you got to save the girl where the monkey's throwing the the coconuts. So so maybe it's yes, kind of-
0: there is. Well, you got to jump the platforms and and dodge the coconuts. That's like every third level or something, and you got to get to the girl. And the interesting thing is, the monkey will drop the coconuts on either the left or right side and then switch it up yeah so sometimes you'll leap right into certain death and his jump doesn't feel as floaty it probably is but it didn't feel as floaty when i was doing those levels
1: and then there's also one i think there's one other with the stairs where it's sort of like it's kind of like a 2d plane again and then there's like just a constant stream of animals you just got to jump over them to get to the girl again but you go up two flights of stairs you got-
0: that's right yeah <laughs> And you're yeah. At first, I didn't know what I was supposed to do there because they call it a bonus round. Yeah. But you can get a game over in it. Oh yeah, yeah. That's
1: what I thought. I thought I got a
0: Yeah. Well, especially because when they're explaining the game to you, it's not a very good tutorial because it just wants you to just kind of you know, it just shows you jumping animals. So at first, you're like, oh, this is what this game is. I'm just gonna jump animals. Uh, not really the case. <laughs> I <don't know>. so- <laughs> So it's, uh, but yeah, this is a game where, uh, and and Yogi's in the chat, and he uh he's talking about it, this is a game where, yeah, it, it's a very simple concept, and like Donkey Kong, they switch it up a little bit, they build on it, and what you get is a game that you would definitely want to have in your collection, and it is unique. I don't think there are many games like Zookeeper, if any. I don't think I see, I don't
1: so. think I see a copy of this at all on the Atari or anything.
0: <laughs> Well, and it's, uh, yeah, no, I don't think Zookeeper came out on really anything else. I, um, I, that's a good point, actually. Yeah. Yeah, it really wasn't ported. Obviously, it's in the, uh, Taito Legends collection, but otherwise, uh, I don't think it was ever really ported. Um, Taito probably holding firmly to, um, either, well, no, it wouldn't hold firmly to the popularity. It would want it on as many consoles as it could. So maybe it wasn't popular at the time. I don't know. Um, hindsight's 2020, so, uh, I do know that it's, it, like Donkey Kong and Mario Brothers and various other cabinets, it's the one that's, you know, super popular when, uh, you're looking on Craigslist and stuff, you know, they try to get 700 or more Mm. for them, like right off the bat, uh, so, and I don't know how rare they are, that would be a John question, but. I've heard, anyway. I've heard the cabinet's really hard to maintain, <laughs> if you've got one. I bet it is. And it is back in the times of the early 80s, especially with Tidal Cabs, where it's its own wiring. So, yeah. there you go. <laughs> but, uh, uh, next up is Ten Yard Fight. Most people probably played this on the NES. Apparently there's an m- MSX port. Oh, wow. <laughs> GM, I don't know if you played the MSX drone. No, I didn't growing play that. Up, but.
1: Oh no. Um,
0: I played it, m- oh sorry. I played the MSX, but not this game. <laughs> Gotcha. Um, I've, I've played this mostly on the NES, but 10 yard fight was great. Have you ever played 10 yard fight? I haven't. No, I've not tried this. <laughs> oh man, this is so good. So, the ball gets spiked to you. Okay. Uh, it, it's one of those funny things where it's not actually, um, uh, and I should point out this is not, this is a published Taito game. Irem is actually the developer, the guys who made our type and, and, okay. and whatnot. Um, but, uh, but yeah, it's, it's basically a vertical, you know, scroller, which, which makes sense because, you know, it's a football field. And you basically get the ball and you have your defensive line is like in a square surrounding you. So it's kind of like a, uh, you know, like a rampart, you know, and you just kind of charge up the field as a runner with the ball and try not to get tackled and you see how far you can get. And, uh, and that's it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, and so it was pretty fun. Um, but again it has a, a a limited appeal. I did review 10-Yard Fight, I believe, oh, yes. on Gaming History 101 though. Uh yeah, I'll I'll double check that real quick, but I'm pretty sure I did review uh 10-Yard Fight, so. Um, uh but yeah, it's 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 a, it's a charming game. Again, much like Tech Mobile, it's it's just, you know, one of those games where before you could actually emulate the the true sport. Mm-hmm. Um you know, it was just a, a fun concept that that borrows from it. So, but anyway, let's see here. Yeah, it's, it's here. It's right. it yeah, I <laughs> here. I found it. Yeah. So anyway, I, I did cover it. And I think I give it a decent amount of uh, coverage, actually, Yeah, <laughs> uh, I've, I've th- I've uh, for it what it like is. This, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know, right? So if you want the best 10-yard fight review, uh, because I've got no competitors, uh, there's that. Um But, uh, let's see here. Um, so next up, there were a couple of other games. I did not play them though, such as Bio Attack and Birdie King. Um, and then there, there is the lovely, uh, there was Kraken Pop. Did you ever play Kraken Pop? I think I did,
1: but let me just check which one that is. It's like pre-bubble
0: bobble. Um, oh, yeah,
1: yeah, no, I did play it. Oh, God, no, I didn't like this game. <laughs>
0: <Sorry>. <laughs> I did not like this game either, which is weird because I'm sure we'll talk about it, but I loved Bubble Bobble. Yeah, I love Bubble Bobble. But... Um, but... but, yeah, this kind of predates it. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's just... And it had a port on the uh, master system, but that's oh, wow. about it, and only in Japan. Only in Japan. Oh, right, but, yeah, uh...
1: there you go. No, I played this, so I didn't really care for it. Um, I just, oh, I don't know. It's just, it was just too sluggish, and just the controls are weird.
0: The- oh, it's on Legends Power Up. Oh, and it's on Legends too. Okay, so maybe I've had an opportunity to play this, but I've not. Yeah, I played think it's it. on
1: um, Legends. I've got it on- is it Legends too? I've got the case here with me. I crack on- Yes, it's on yeah, Legends 2. Yeah, it is on there. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's um, it's so yeah. You're kind of this little. What the hell are you? Like a small little.
0: Yellow. <laughs> stuff. Yeah, stuff's, stuff's you're Kirby with feet.
1: It's got like it's got <laughs> the enemies from Bubble Bobble in it, like the ghost enemies, and you basically yes. lay, you lay bombs in it. Um, but you can also, again, you can kind of have this defying gravity kind of thing. You can like walk on the walls, like you can go like literally oh, walk cool. on the ceiling and stuff. And basically, you've got to mm-hmm. bomb the cage with the heart in it, and then the heart goes flying away somewhere, and you've got to chase after it and go get it. But when that happens, you usually have to go through like a a load of ghosts or something, and it's just. I don't know it's just it's it's not it's hmm. not difficult it's just really kind of
0: or, the controls are just boring, really boring and it's <laughs> awkward <laughs> I don't know I mean but uh I I actually have a a severe problem with uh the next game we're going to talk about which is uh, Elevator Action Oh, right, really can't. actually Um I find Elevator Action to be ridiculously boring um but uh, just for people who know, I mean, basically you play Agent 17, a.k.a. Otto, and you have to descend 30 flights uh, to the bottom of any one uh, building, and uh, guys who are coming to look for you come out of random doors and staircases and stuff like that, and you can jump and shoot and you can jump on top of the elevator or in the elevator to kind of move around and then eventually there are staircases to switch it up and then they do some kind of interesting things where like there are lit you know hallways and unlit hallways and things like that and red doors and whatnot um kind of cool kind of conceptually like an interesting idea but i just never really cared for it i don't know what what are your thoughts on elevator action
1: yeah, I mean, I found it quite—I don't know—I found it kind of easy, really, in a way, because you can like the first, well, at least for the first round of it, anyway, where you can literally kind of just hang on the first elevator and go down almost like half the level really I yes
0: know. i should point out you can duck oh yeah oh yeah yeah, you can, <laughs> and, yeah you can duck. and 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 that allows you to dodge bullets and then shoot guys in the either the crotch or the kneecaps depending on what you think it looks like um but
1: uh... it's it's kind of fun i mean i don't know I, I can see some people like enjoying it more than well like we're describing absolutely uh, right it probably has its fan base i imagine but i, I don't know I, it's that all i felt that i was doing most of the time was just ducking and shooting <laughs> that's it and not Oh, yeah, there's the very, yes. very occasional jumping over a bullet or something like that. But it's very slow as well. It's not as sort of fast as the yes. other types of
0: games. Like, extremely slow in both the way everyone moves and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, and actually, this will be a trend for a lot of the mid-'80s games they make. Um, I, I'll mention this just because it, it almost works completely in line with this, is Legend of Kage which, um, probably much more popular on the NES than on, on arcade. But, uh, did you ever play Legend of Kage? It's mispronounced Legend of Cage. K-A-G-E. Yeah, that's, that's what I'm thinking. By almost Legend anyone who talks yeah, about it, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and you're basically a ninja who's leaping vertically up through trees, and you're just trying to avoid, you know, things, and it kind of goes on forever. I think it's a, 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 uh, vertical form of the endless runner, <laughs> uh, uh you know that uh that's it's very popular nowadays but um it was okay i never really cared for it again i found it to get just boring eventually but i don't know did you are you particularly fond of legend of kage because i'm one of those people who says it's not a good game but a lot of people think it is
1: <laughs> um, i mean legend of kage is okay it's a lot it, i felt it, it was a lot faster than elevator action it's a bit more lingerie um yeah, well, well, injury, but I mean that you know it's, it's all. kind of, <laughs> I don't know
0: what else. No, 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 that's a word. That's a word. Yeah, we're going to go on record and call that a word. It's an injury. And that,
1: and that time um, you can um, you can kind of climb the trees in this one as well, and and you've got another crazy gravity-defying jump again with Legend of the Cage, yeah. <laughs> literally.
0: Yeah. By the way, let, yeah, uh, the the Ninja Kage or Cage has a has a vertical that would make the entire like NFL pro team like or NFL NBA pro team. Uh, yeah, you know, nervous, like, uh, it's, uh, yeah, it's pretty great, but, uh, but yeah. Um, Legend of Kage is okay. I don't know. It's on the virtual console if you guys want to try it out. Five bucks, you know, what can you lose? Um, but uh, then um, I think the next game that I'm familiar with is uh, some heavy hitters in 85, starting with Tiger Heli. Have you ever played Tiger Heli? Oh, that's, um Remind me what that one is. <laughs> is that the helicopter? Sure. you It's 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 a vertical shmup where you're a helicopter. Yeah, I think, and, I, think I have played um, this one, yeah. All right, and I've kind of talked about it. If you listen to the soundtrack um, episode, I actually play the music from Tiger Heli on the NES, but it's, it's identical in the arcade. It's just a little more adapted and, and sounds better. But Tiger Heli huh. was, yeah, kind of a crazy game in that you would shoot things in the air and on the ground. You could get little... You know helicopters to assist you, and uh, and they'll use title will use this in a lot of its shooters uh, moving forward. Um, but he's got two bombs, and when he drops them, they kind of blow up the whole screen. And if you get shot in the bombs, it will also unleash them. So it was kind of a, a cool little game. Um, NES port. Uh, I've, I've actually got it on the NES. It's, it's, it's just a great game. Um, but it's a very addictive vertical shooter. A little easy. And, uh, spoilers, if you guys want to get through it real fast, hold A, press start Anytime you get a game over on the NES game, and it'll let you continue, because the game is long. You know, especially for a, a shooter. Like, you play through it, and you're like, how did anyone beat this in one life? Memorization, kids. (laughs) but, uh. And then in 85 is also a game very near and dear to my heart. It's a laser disc game that laser came out around the... Yes, <laughs> it's, it's a, it's, it's the next step in Dragon's Lair. <laughs> they were trying to rip it off. Uh, with a game called Time Gal. Have you ever played Time Gal? I haven't
1: played Time Gal. I know of it, but I haven't played uh, it. Okay. Uh-
0: Oh, it's this great, ridiculous game where an anime girl uh, goes forward and backwards through time, and it very much plays out like Dragon's Lair. I think the whole thing is eight minutes long if you've watched the whole video, and I'm sure there's a million YouTubes of it. Um, and it was on the Sega CD, which is where I have it. Uh, I think it was ported to the Saturn as well. And, of course, there's a laser-active version, which I'm always on the lookout for. But No 3-J no version, um, then. <laughs> no 3DO version, unfortunately. Apparently there's an MSX version. Though. Really? Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. So, who knows, but Time Gal is actually a, a decent game. Again, if you go into it knowing it's a uh, Dragon's Lair space ace type of game. So, it's the anime spin to that, that, you know, kind of game. um and then I should just point it out, obviously, uh, Arkanoid came out in 85, which is a complete ripoff of, uh, the Atari game Breakout. <laughs> <laughs> from 77. So, uh, because it's a blatant ripoff, you know, I mean, most of us know Arkanoid probably from, uh, you know, it's, it's kind of adaptation on the Game Boy. But, uh, but yeah, it was, it was okay. Uh, it, you know, it had a lot of ports. Um, and then right there in 86, one of the first Nintendo games I ever played, uh definitely um uh definitely uh bubble bubble yep easily one of my favorite taito games hands down um how do you feel about it, Jim?
1: Yeah, no, definitely. Uh, it, it's almost one of my favorite ones, but we're yet to get to my favorite one. But we'll get to that soon. But so
0: it's, it's I promise fun. we will move quickly. Oh no, 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 no. we're only it, a but... year
1: off the next one. <laughs> the one... Oh, good, good, uh, good, good.
0: The, um, um, I'm kind of curious as to which one it is. <laughs> but anyway, the,
1: yeah, like you, I think because is, is am I right thinking your first experience is the NES version or yes, It's same same yes. with me as well. I played the NES version of this, and um, I think the NES version was the easiest version as well because you could. Quite easily continue off from where you left off. Yes, <laughs> it
0: has a continue option. It's the easiest version. And let's not forget. I think this was one of the first games that made co-op fun. Yeah. And especially because you could die unlimited times and just keep continuing. That was. I love this game for with my sister. Your sister could play it. Nowadays, it's definitely the girlfriend slash wife game. It is. Yeah. Or the Absolutely. non-gaming partner game. Um, couch co-op still rocks on this. It's on the virtual console. Um playing it on the Taito Legends collection, I'm realizing I do enjoy the NES game more. I'd agree. Yeah. It's got kind of, uh, it's it's a little rare on Nintendo, like it's like 35 bucks. A little expensive for a Nintendo game. I highly recommend the uh, the virtual console version. Uh, it's got 100 fun levels. Um, <laughs> you play Bub and Bob, who are burping bubbles. And the cool thing is the jump mechanic, where you can, if you tap the jump at just the right moment, you can ride the bubbles. And this becomes a heavy mechanic for some of the later stuff. Um, And then I I really like that everything you get is pretty much food. Uh, Very, very food conscious, (laughs) these Bubble Bobble guys. You're eating all kinds of stuff. If you're hungry while you're playing the game, you're definitely going to be even more hungry when you're done. Um, And uh, there's a mechanic that's in the NES version as well, but it's from the arcades, which is an interesting one where if you spend too long on a level, and Taito did this a lot, you would get the hurry-up warning and then the invincible ghost that could kill you in one touch. Uh, pops up and uh, i i think it was to prevent people from dicking around on the arcade game and and stopping taito from getting more money so i thought that was pretty interesting um but bubble bubble great game highly recommended if you've never played it um especially on the nes it also
1: had this kind of special kind of this interesting technique you had to kind of master was which is where you jumped on the bubbles by holding the jump button um which is really difficult to get used to if you if you're quite new to the game, and that's that's kind of like your key to
0: completing it. Uh huh. Yes. <laughs> yeah, especially the last boss. Um, there is a last boss, and he's pretty crazy. Oh god. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. How <laughs> <laughs> um, people but, do this in yeah. the arcade? <laughs> so. Yeah. I, I lots of quarters. Yeah. <laughs> um Oh wait, I don't know if you can do you I don't think you, continue don't in think the you can do anything. I don't think you
1: can. Um, not that I know of, but I, I think no, you can. I can there are versions available now that or whether they were back then as well, where you can continue off, but the version on the Legends collection you
0: can't. So Right, right, yeah. It's I don't know how you get through all hundred levels. It's just uh I'm good, but I'm not that good. <laughs> uh, there were some crazy pickups too, like the shoes that made you faster and stuff like that. The level design was pretty fun. There were like some heart levels and things like that, like literal hearts and there's, there's fun little concepts. Uh, I, I bet they had a ton of fun making that and it really is the pinnacle of the, uh, you know, it, it it's kind of that concept we saw in Donkey Kong on the Game Boy where they take, you know, level design and make like hundreds of versions of them and it's pretty cool, wow. so. Um, well, moving right along, we've definitely got to talk about this one, and it's a major series for Taito, and, uh, if you get the Taito Legends Collection 2, especially, um, it's kind of the highlight of it, uh, is, uh, Darius, or Darius, Darius yeah, as yeah. it's known. Or whatever, it's cool. Um, which is, <laughs> yeah, yet again, in keeping with Taito's, uh, <laughs> uh, uh, theme, it's a very crustacean-based, uh, side-scrolling, uh, shmup um and it's a rock solid shmup i definitely covered it on uh, uh the whole series and uh, it it has it has grown there there every version of darius is pretty crazy and awesome there's some amazing ports on the pc engine or uh turbografx 16 which which i do have those ports um but most notably was, uh, since we're talking arcades here, is the first arcade cabinet was one of the earliest versions of the crazy widescreen. It had a one-way mirror, and it had three vertical screens side-by-side to make up one massive widescreen, something crazy like 16 by, like, it was it was like it wasn't 16 by 9 it was something crazier than that like 32 by 9 or something it was a really weird resolution where you saw a massive amount of the screen all at once and i'll put this in the chat but if you guys haven't had a chance to look at it go to gaming history 101 and uh and and look it up it's a it's a crazy resolution um and it had, uh, we, we kind of talked about this oh, wow. again when we were talking about Guardian Heroes. It had an inconsistent, uh, level design. Like, you would take certain paths and then you would only see certain, there were certain paths to the end of the game. And so you'd only see little versions and you'd have to really play the game over and over again to see every level. Um, so, I don't know. Is this, is this your game? I'm guessing not, but. Oh, no, no, no. This is not my game. <laughs> no, no, Sorry. but, but no, but choice. I do
1: like, I do like this game a lot though. It's, um, I don't I don't the one the version I played, I don't think it's this one. I think I played what was it called? I'm thinking of the the other stuff. <laughs> I've got the um G- uh, Darius Gaydon and G yeah. Darius, yeah.
0: Yeah, saying? Darius G is really cool. I think that's on the treasures collection. Um and, uh, Final Darius or something. There, uh, actually, I might be thinking of R-type Final, but there's a lot of versions yeah. in the collections, and they are, some of them are the har- the only way you can really get your hands on the later sequels. So it's uh, heavily recommended, um, that you get your hands on those. Uh, the games continue in, in really cool ways in the later ones, and it might be Gaiden, um, or Darius G is the one where you recruit mid-bosses, uh, to fight for you if you do, if you defeat them in the right way. So. Crazy concepts. Um, very cool. And there and it's seafood all over the place. <laughs> yeah. <It's> just... Sushi. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, um, all right. Well, moving right along, let's see here. Um, coming up next, I'm trying to see. Is it Kiki Kai Kai? Nope. <laughs> okay. And I did not I didn't play this <laughs> game, so we'll move forward. Um, let's see. What's next? Renegade
1: no No,
0: renegade is a okay well i'll talk about it real quick it's an early predecessor to um double dragon um it was made by technos again taito just published it um and uh and again it's 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 a predecessor to double dragon um and uh and you can definitely see some of the roots especially in some of the ports like the nes and the master system port um you know that that would later go on and uh I believe one of the versions, maybe the NES version kind of has the Kunio-kun, you know, art style much like the the Technos version of uh Double Dragon on the NES did as well. But uh, anyway, Renegades pretty cool. Um, and I guess that's all I can say about that. Um it's not Slap Fight, is it? <laughs> no, no way. No, no. You're like, where the hell is this list from? Um, <laughs> slap Fight. That's a keeping going. Obviously, Double Dragon was published as well. We've talked yeah. thoroughly of Double Dragon. So, um, And it's not Exeus? No, no, no. But I did play that. Why don't you just tell me what the game is? Uh, it'll be, it's the sequel
1: to Bubble Bobble, Rainbow Islands. Um, the story of Bubble Ball. Rainbow party. Islands. Okay. Yeah. I've got quite a... Yes. a well, people that know me who may be listening in the chat—I don't know if they are. I know there's one guy that'll be listening to this at least later that uh, I've got quite a connection to that game from my—that's that—that was when we were saying earlier. That was the probably the first game I think I probably played actually back on the Amstrad computer. <laughs> so, which is, yeah, um, which is, that that version of it—it's it's really funny because I I remember playing that when I was younger and loving the hell out of it. But then when you play the original arcade version of it, you just think what the hell was I playing? <laughs> it's so sort of choppy and yeah. slow compared to the, the original version, which is so fast and kind of fluid and everything. Um, yeah, I, I, I absolutely love this game um, for many reasons, really. Uh, most One of the first things was because it's... Um, in terms of game design, I know it's not. it might not be everybody's taste, but... It's the, the guy who made it, who sadly passed away, what's his name? Fukio, Mi- I'm reading off the, the, the thing here, Mitsuji. Oh, yes, um, yes. He passed away fairly recently. He said in an interview, Fukio yeah, which, yeah, which funny enough, if anyone has the Taito legislation' Collection, it's a little small, you can actually watch his interview on that. And he talks about Yes, you can. Yeah, which is actually quite an interesting, um, listen. And he says that his goal for Rainbow Islands was that he wanted to make something completely different from Bubble Bobble, basically, which is bas- which is an interesting context. That's something that, you know, you don't really see that in modern gaming these days. And before he passed away, he actually went to universities to teach, you know, de- gaming developers to be kind of innovative mm-hmm. like that. Um, so I, can't, I just love that concept and where his, you know, where his heart came from from designing it. But the main reason, that, and this is kind of a soppy story, so I do apologise if I'm kind of bringing tone down a bit, is because um uh, a while ago my my mother was suffering quite badly from depression, Um and she mm-hmm. played she played this game when I was very younger. In fact, my some of my earliest memories were sitting on her lap literally playing that game well watching her play it she was the dom yeah. at this game <laughs> she was amazing <laughs> so literally she could yeah if you get good yeah.
0: you can like watching people play this game is is really kind of cool because those that are good at it can navigate these somewhat clumsy controls exactly with just the greatest of ease and really navigating those rainbows properly
1: and, um, well, not too long ago, she was, like I said, she had, she had a bit of a bad, a bad run in life and, um, bad stuff happened. And I was trying to find a way mm-hmm. to cheer her up. And, um, of all the things to think of, I saw the Rainbow Islands on the, P- it's the PC version, but it's basically the arcade port. And yes. I saw it in like a, like a thrift store or something like that, we would call it in America, like really cheap. And I brought it and I thought I'd, yeah. I brought a controller for the PC for a laptop and I thought I would, um, let her play it because I thought it might cheer her up. But she didn't want to play it because obviously, you know, when people are low, they don't give a crap about that sort of thing and um, so i thought oh, okay screw it i'll play it for you and i played it for her and i was crap at this game to start with because <laughs> so, it's hard <laughs> as hell if you've never played it before yes. especially the arcade version which is super fast and it's sort of it, yes. well in comparison to the Amstrad, or anything the because uh, i've got most of the ports of it but i'll get on to that in a second um so basically i played it and it cheered her up that's a short story of it and it, it made her happy again and then pretty much every time i go visit her which is not too often i still play it for her really because it. That's Exactly. Yeah, it, it's the it's, it's one of the only times I, I actually wrote an article about this as well, Fred. But I don't think the guy published that part where I put about this story, which is really annoying. So because
0: uh, I, I can understand, yeah, that. which I wrote yeah. about it, but.
1: Um... I think it might be on one of my own blogs somewhere, which might be lost in the abyss of the internet somewhere, but it's basically, the-
0: <laughs> well, if you find it, give me the <laughs> oh, yeah. link and I'll definitely post it up with this show. Absolutely.
1: Well, basically, um, it's the first time I would say as an example, I was playing it, uh, as opposed to what we all play games for enjoyment. This is the first time I was playing it for somebody's happiness, really. And it, it made a huge difference. Mm-hmm. That is probably why I was, I would honestly say it's one of my favorite games of all time. And I hate it. It's, it was some people just say, Oh, it's not that great, but it's on a sort of one of those kind of, you know, sentimental levels, really. Um, And the funny thing is, Fred, following that, I did get really good at the game. In fact, I would say I am a very good Rainbow Islands player. My highest score in it is about 700,000, which is not too far off the... (laughs) It's not the world record, obviously. Yeah. I did actually, I was so into it, because I, I, I'm not kidding, I was playing this game at one point, I was addicted to it. I was playing it like four times in a row. When I played it, I'd play the game consistently <laughs> four times in a row. <laughs> so, wow. just to get better and try and get the high score and everything. I looked it up on the whole, you know, like the Twin Galaxies, which the high score on there was, was it 900 or something, 1,000? But that's the, that's the game's limit, though, to the high score, so you can't go any higher than that. So I guessing I thought. Uh-huh. So I thought, oh, maybe the only way to do that is do speed runs. But speedrunning the game is is nuts because you just die. <laughs> so because <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: So it's again, it's a it's a very taxing game, uh, uh, but it's it's very cool. And and just to be clear, while it is called um, the story of Bubble Bobble Two. It's you not playing Bubba and Bob, you're playing a little boy who can make like rainbows. And the only thing that really kind of follows over, aside from the candy, candy or the the colorful style, is the fact that uh, um, that you do collect food all over yeah. again. And when you get it's to got, the top it's got of elements of bubble, bubble
1: bubble in it, um, well, you know, it's got yes. it's got like, it's in fact, it, it, it's got it copied some of the sprites and stuff from Bubble Bobble. Um It's basically the, the main True. difference is it's now a was it a vertical scrolling platformer basically
0: Um, yes you are yeah instead of being one boxed in level it's a it's a vertical scrolling platformer kind of ice climber-esque in the ways that they do like levels you know uh like you get to a certain altitude through each throughout each level so but uh but it's a very cool game and when you get good at it like especially when i start getting used to the rhythm of jumping the rainbows and stuff like that really cool yeah
1: absolutely. the only side note, sorry, Friday. So uh, the you do you do actually do play as Bob and Bob in it. Um, the they're the huge. I don't know. Oh, spoiler do. alert, in case anyone's not finished okay. Bubble Bobble, the first one. But the dragons are actually, you, you, if you get the true ending, they turn into human form.
0: They are. They're <laughs> adapted. <laughs> so they're, they're yeah, the yeah, yeah. You're right. Too. You're right. So technically, that's true. Um, there is a Bubble Bobble too, though, where you yeah. go back and be Bob and Bob. Oh yeah, and there's and then, so
1: many ports where they're just the dragons again, just for the fuck of it, and
0: it's <laughs> just. The, <laughs> And, and of course, they're so charming, and so, of course, they became part of Puzzle Bobble, which we probably won't get to, given our time constraint. Um, but Puzzle Bobble is definitely, you know, saw some strength uh, on Neo Geo. The best and name
1: in, in over here is Bust-A-Move.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah, it did become bust move later on. Yeah, we did switch it over to bust Move. <laughs> yeah. move um, So, yeah, I think it was only Puzzle Bobble for the first version, so. But... Uh, but yeah, well, very cool story and uh, um, very cool game. Uh, like I said, it's, uh, it's, it's one of those games that's you know easy to understand but really difficult to master. yeah yeah well, <laughs> I, I totally
1: agree um, but...
0: and I say that as somebody who didn't even come close to master
1: <laughs> no, I've, I've completed <laughs> it I, I can complete it
0: 100 so. percent damn. But uh, anyway, um, all right. Well, moving on. A uh, couple of games I definitely want to talk about. These are on the collection. I can't believe they are. <laughs> but um, is uh, Operation Wolf, which uh, uh. if you had a Pizza Hut in America in 1987, 88, it had Operation Wolf, and then it would switch. It would quickly convert to Operation Thunderbolt, the kind of sequel. Um, And then eventually become Space Gun, which were all three. um, They were kind of like gun shooters, but they were more like Mouse or like think of like the Wii, whereas the gun was bolted down and it would just kind of track the reticle on the screen. As to how you were aiming the gun And so it's very easy to convert it over to uh, Playing it uh, on the home consoles Even without a light gun Because it's not really a light gun game You know, In as much as Revolution X and Terminator 2 Are also not really light gun games yeah. It's this tracker style But they were the first ones to do it And on Gaming History 101's uh, YouTube site I do have a full playthrough of the arcade version Of Operation Wolf from this collection So you can definitely go check it out um, They're cool fun games But at the end of the day they are that limited appeal Light gun game um, but my favorite game that Taito's ever released, and one of the biggest reasons I wanted a Mame Cab, is the next game, which is definitely on the collection, which is Raston or oh, Raston. Yeah. <laughs> um, the, the heavily influenced by Conan the Barbarian game, um, where you play this barbarian with hips of gold, <laughs> um, that wanders through. Uh, the soundtrack of this is one of my favorite things. because it's just epic um but i do a large playthrough of this on uh on the video uh and i've actually done it way before this point in the podcast um but uh, it's a great game yeah. Uh, where you basically... It's kind of hack and slashy. If you guys ever had a TurboGrafx-16 Legendary Axe, very much borrows the Rosten style. Um, and, uh, you know, they're, they're weapons you can get throughout the game. And the platforming is absolute shit. And there are some levels that have some ridiculous platforming. Um, but it is a lot of fun and you can continue in the arcade. This yeah. was one of their things where it was the earliest version of free-to-play. Where it was like, how much did you want to pump into it, man? How much did you want pump a coin and you can continue and of course with the taito collection you can continue to <laughs> awesome pump quarters in and and you can beat this game you know within enough quarters so <laughs> um but a really good game i really like it uh although it's got a really st- I, it's kind of stupid too i don't know i don't i don't have much of a basis behind why i love it but i i always loved this game i just always thought the cab looked really cool very conan um very barbarian style you know i obviously that's the appeal to it kind of had this he-man vibe to it and i was a big he-man fan so yeah um i don't know did you did you ever play Roster? oh absolutely I, I,
1: my first play i played it originally on the master system over here and then obviously um oh, okay the, yeah the master system port's actually not bad that's a lot i did not know it's on really? System. now <laughs> so, i'm gonna yeah. have to go hunt down yeah, a copy like it. no bullshit yeah <laughs> so, I recommend it actually. It's, it's, I mean, obviously it doesn't graphically look as good, but it's probably, it's a lot easier than the arcade version. Probably because they probably designed it more for you to obviously complete it rather than,
0: <laughs> so. Right. You know, Which is a huge draw though to me. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so. But, uh, but yeah, I, I, love this game and, uh, this is why I bought the arcade or the, uh, the Taito, uh, collection, volume one, uh, the Taito Legends collection and then realizing that there were, so many other great games on here is why i'm like whoa volume 2 is pretty good uh but it's got a limited appeal and it's definitely heavier in the the Darius or Darius series yeah. um but I, I definitely think that that roston is uh, or that uh, the the volume 1 is just amazing so. yeah
1: volume 1's definitely if you if people are interested in the chat that's probably the one you want to go for as a reference to the
0: podcast so <laughs> yeah <laughs> yes and most of the gameplay in this uh in this video on the youtube page is is going to be that but um anyway uh just wanted to wrap it up but but mention a couple of things uh we're not going to really go into them but i've talked about them before i was very pleased to see that zero wing which you guys definitely know of in uh in europe more so than us because of the mega drive port um this is the all your base are oh, belong yeah. <laughs> to us shooter that was very poorly translated uh the Taito's is responsible for publishing that um they're also responsible for publishing a great Data East uh, Superman game, which uh, I, I was one of the first things I played through on my cab. It was in 88. I think we've talked about it before on the show. I just can't remember exactly where. And last but not least, I have to mention something that was a gem I just found on the uh, collection. Uh, while playing through on this and I was so happy I did because it's an amazing game is did you ever play Thunder Fox? Oh my god
1: that game is awesome
0: <laughs> This game is the greatest thing and you have to play it I, I play a lot of it on the video as well and it's just the most batshit I can't believe this existed and no one know, talks about it Game. Arnie kind of character you play- <laughs> Yeah, you play this secret agent who is completely yeah, like you said, completely topless, kind of Arnold Schwarzenegger esque. He's running around in like Bionic Commando boots and like blue jeans, and uh he's got a big fucking knife. (laughs) That's (laughs) what we need. And that's yeah, and he you just I mean, it's Russian attack only fun. Um you just slash people to bits and then occasionally they do stuff like, take out this tank, and you're like, What? And then you have to, like, stab a guy who comes out and he gives you grenades to hurl at the tank. And occasionally you'll pick up different things like flamethrowers and bazookas and and all kinds of fun stuff. And then there are random shmup levels in between. It's, like, the weirdest mix of, like, Contra and a shmup and Double Dragon and Russian Attack. It's just ridiculous. And it should never exist. And it's just beautiful. Yeah. And, of course, you can continue as much as you want to. And, uh easily the hidden gem of the Taito Legends Volume 1 collection. Absolutely. So, if you, if you have never played it and you have either MAME capabilities or you have, um, this collection or you go out and pick it up hands down number 1 is thunder fox you need to play this game it is genius and it's everything i love about arcade games the sound effects of the enemies so, as well
1: when you hit them it's like Ugh. Yes.
0: <laughs> yes which unfortunately will not be in here and i'm not going to put those sound That's effects fine. in but uh but again uh taito has a long running series and and a lot of uh, great games um and we didn't we only touched on you know kind of scraped the surface of what they've got they continue to make arcade games all through the 90s which was would probably cause us to need a, a different, uh, a whole nother podcast. But they'll go on and do some crazy stuff with uh, Space Invaders and the Bubble Bobble series. Obviously, we talked about Puzzle Bobble or Bust a Move. They'll do the Lufia series on Super Nintendo and, and all kinds of other stuff. So definitely check out Taito. They're a great developer. Um, and definitely check out the Legends collections. They are very cheap in every yeah. way, shape, and form on Xbox, PS2, and stuff like that. They're not hard to find. They are very cheap. So um so real quick we will uh wrap this up but jam where can we find you on a regular basis
1: uh the probably the easiest way to find me is to uh, go on twitter it's the jamster at uh, jamalais j-a-m-a-l-a-i-s uh to figure out where i'm doing and well what if what i'm writing and where it's going as well <laughs> that's definitely the best way to find me yep
0: Excellent, excellent. Yes, and, uh, and, and you do some freelance work and things like that, so very cool. Definitely people, uh, check it out. And sorry, I'm just looking this over. Did you know that? This is crazy. They are responsible for, um, uh, for Riden 3 on, oh, really? Raiden 3 on the PS2. <laughs> yeah, they're the ones who, Taito did that one, and then they did Target Terror. <laughs> <laughs> you remember that terrible game that was ported to the Wii? That, that's, uh, that's on there as well. Anyway, um, and uh, you can find me at GamingHistory101.com. Uh, definitely subscribe to the podcast. Feel free to check out the articles, things like that. I've switched it up a little bit. I now do news stories whenever there's, like, retro stuff. And people, because I can't cover every game, I definitely put stuff on there. So, um, you know, I recently had somebody who did a playthrough of Hell. Um, I'm also going to link, it should be live by tomorrow, the Polygon article that was recently done. Uh, I think Frank Cifaldi did it. Uh, it's an amazing Street Fighter II um Recollection of the, uh, of the development of that game as told by the development team. So it's an amazing article. I definitely recommend people check it out. Um, also, this podcast can be found at uh, Gaming History 101 under the podcast link or you can just go to gaminghistory101.podbean.com and now on YouTube. YouTube.com forward, forward slash VGPTGS is our YouTube page. And uh, this podcast will be on there with uh, gameplay footage of all the games we were talking about here and an intro by Paperboy 2 on the SNES. So definitely check it out. Uh, I don't know what I'm going to do next week, so stay tuned. Um, but in the meantime, thank you, TC. Thank you, Chatters. Jam, thank you very nice much. Uh, thank you, All Games. And we are out. <laughs>